Rock, one of two Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 533. And Super Tramp on Rock 102. It's going to be partly cloudy today. There's a slight chance of rain. It's almost not even talking about. But if it rains and I don't tell you, then who looks like the jackass? It's me. I'm not prepared for that. High of 41 today, tonight, partly cloudy. Low at 23, and for tomorrow, partly cloudy and a high of 45. It's 39 degrees right now in downtown Springfield. Man, what a show today. It all starts right now. Back to O'Brien and Steve Nagel in Rock 102. New England. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 552 and the cars on Rock 102. It's a tad windy out there this morning. Did you notice that? Uh, I noticed that the uh, the weather forecast said a gale warning, but I don't uh, have any small crafts in the water. So. I don't even have a warning. I just have uh, mostly sunny today with a high of 41. Tomorrow, more of the same with a high of 45. It's 39 in downtown Springfield. Yeah, my uh, mine says a uh, gale warning. Gale? Who's this gale? gale? I don't. I don't know. At first, I thought it was a it was a, a like a crystal gale. Or uh, the late actor Max Gale, but it's uh, it's none of those. It's a bunch of bunch of uh, wind. I I wish it was Crystal Gale. Yeah, no kidding. Don't it make my brown eyes blue? <laughs> I only yeah. have one brown eye. Right. Yeah, anyway, do. hey, what do you say we hop right into some Hollywood nah, trash with nah, Steve and nah, Nagel? Rock, what I do? Nah. Sure, we got news about Alec Baldwin and all that stuff, but really, let's get to the real story of the most popular Christmas movie in the United States. Okay, what do you think it is? Uh, I'm going to say it's a Christmas story. No. No. I take that back. I'm going to say it's a wonderful life. No. All right, I take that back. I'm going to say it's Elf. No. All right, I take that back. I'm going to say it's uh, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. No. All right, I'm all out of this. Uh, you're, you're, if you were a gambler, you'd lose. Uh, the best guess uh, would be the Polar Express for most gamblers, and they would be correct. The Polar Express. Come on, the, the Polar top, Express. The top choice in nine states. Better than a Christmas story? I don't think so. So I'm checking out this map of uh, all these states of the f- most popular movie in that state. Right. Massachusetts is the happiest season. The hell is that? I have no idea. Who's making up this list anyway? Uh, up Rocks. All right. Yeah. Well, that's that's a that's a. Pretty shaky organization. I, how could that? Uh, how could that movie, which I've never even heard of, be our favorite holiday movie? Well, I'm looking it up right now, and it looks like it just came out like last year. So how could that be a holiday favorite yet? There's no way that is overtaken uh, a great body of work that's already existing. Uh, a young woman with a plan to propose to her girlfriend while at her family's annual holiday party discovers her partner hasn't yet come come out to her conservative parents. Okay. Okay. And I just don't and, understand how that's the most popular movie in this state. And that's better than when Ralphie's dad gets that lamp leg? Yeah. I, I don't would. think so. I mean, I, what about the Bumpus Hounds? You know, they ate the Christmas turkey. You know, I don't like that movie. I'm not. Oh, big, you're. Oh, you're the guy. No, I. It's like okay, fine. It was fun once, and but but the idea that they run it 24 hours a day and yeah, because everyone's running on a different Christmas schedule, Steve. I don't I don't particularly care for it. Anyway. I, I'll tell you this. I actually saw that in the theaters when it came out. Still one of my favorite movies. I bet you did. Makes me laugh every time. You saw it first run. I, actually, I did see it first uh, run. Uh, 
Anyway, uh, the Polar Express is the top choice in nine states, including Texas, Arizona, Georgia, and Ohio. Home Alone, Elf, and the Christmas Chronicles were tops in seven states. I never even heard of that one either. And Last Christmas is the big winner in six states. You know, there's there's actually a contest going on right now. It's not about movies, but it's about... um, There's like a game being played online about how to avoid hearing Last Christmas from Wham. Have you heard this? No. It's like, I don't know if it's called being whamified or whatever, but you, you, you purposely have to try to avoid listening to that song for the entire Christmas season. If you can avoid it, you've won. So far, I've, I think I've done. So I've far, done. I'm good, but it's only December 3rd, so we're yeah. you know, right in the, in the early stages. I don't know. You would have, I would have thought I would have heard it by now. Not yet. I'm listening to Up on the Rooftop. Or up on the housetop, or whatever the hell it is. Yeah, the Burl Ives classic. No, the Gene Autry version. Gene Autry, that's yeah. right. Oh yeah, Silver and Gold was uh, was uh, Burl Ives. Yeah, but I'm sure Burl Ives sang that song. They all sang the songs. Every one of them sang the songs. It was like who had the better Christmas album. I mean, Gene Autry with the Here Comes Santa Claus thing. That was a good. Yeah, one. that's good. Uh, but Burl Ives with uh, uh, Burl Ives just sounds like Christmas. Yeah, Holly Jolly Christmas. That's, that's my favorite. Yeah, one that's by the Burl one. Ives. That's the one. As crazy as it sounds, A Christmas Story only had one state, West Virginia. And It's a Wonderful Life was the was only the favorite in Vermont. See, that's my favorite Christmas movie. It's a Wonderful Life? I can sit there and watch that movie over and over and over again and love every minute of it. I just like the way they used to talk to each other. You'd rather see that than watch Ralphie beat the crap out of Scott, Scott Farkas with his yellow yeah, eyes? Yeah, I'm just done he with He had yellow that. eyes. I know. I just I just can't do it. Alaska went uh, way out of the box with the Nutcracker and the Four Realms. And Montana is the only state in this country that gets it. Their favorite Christmas movie is Trading Places. Oh, you know what? That is a great movie. That man wanted to have sex with me. <laughs> Classic. See, that should be the, the front runner in all the states, don't you think? Feeling good, Lewis. <laughs> in uh, Alec Baldwin's first interview since the Rust tragedy, he explained how the gun that killed uh, Helena Hutchins went off, even though he supposedly didn't pull the uh, trigger. But this explanation is not sitting well with gun experts. Yeah, uh, the guns just don't go off, you know. Did you see him? He looks awful. He, he looks absolutely well. I'm awful. sure this is a. It's listen. I don't. I don't think he did this on purpose. No, of I don't course think not. he did it at all on purpose. And I can't imagine the fact that you would have to live with the idea that you killed somebody inadvertently or not. Uh, you still that's that's weighs on your soul. He looks like he hasn't slept since this happened. It looks like he's been, you know, crying for the entire time. His eyes are all puffy. He looks terrible. Guy's gone through hell over this. I don't uh, know, I'm not saying that what he did was right, but obviously, you know, he didn't realize this was a real gun. How could he? Uh, a movie armorer uh, who uh, has done more than 30 years in the business was asked the, the chance of Alex's statement being true, to which he said, quote, on a scale of one to ten, zero. Ooh, Ooh that's, uh, that doesn't portend well. He added, quote, you know, guns just don't go off by themselves. It's an inanimate, inanimate object. It has no batteries. It's a very reliable device that shoots when you press the trigger, and it doesn't shoot when you don't press the trigger. Hmm. I'll be damned. Well, isn't there misfires? Yeah, sometimes, but you still got to squeeze a trigger to even a, even a misfire. 
How do we know the expert knows what he's talking about? Well, you know, that's a, an interesting uh, thought, Steve. There's actually the fallacy of, uh, uh, of authority, which suggests that uh, how do you know where that guy's getting his information? Just like just because he's an armorer? I don't even know what an armorer is. So those are the ones that make the hot dogs? I believe that was the uh, basketball team in downtown Springfield. There you go. Now you're saying, no, 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 that's the armor. No, no, Steve, that's the uh, that's the armor. And that is your Hollywood <laughs> trash on Rock 102. Ah, yeah. The McDonald's breakfast is too good to speak deal. Sounds a lot like... Mm. For some reason. <laughs> We're recording what? I, I don't know what you're talking about. I, I do the joke live every day at oh. uh, 6.30 and 9.10 a.m. I, I don't even know what you're talking about. Hey, uh, Bax. Yes, Steve. What do you call it when a hooker murders her client in a bathtub on Christmas? I don't know, Steve. What do you call it when a hooker murders her client in a bathtub on Christmas? A one-horse soap and sleigh. <laughs> Slashing through your throat on a one-horse soap and sleigh. Overkill we go. Slashing all the way. Slice, slice, slice. <laughs> Fantastic. All right. <laughs> Booyah! Bax and O'Brien. On Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. You're ready to buy a gun, but which one? Finding the right one can be a real crapshoot. You could end up... Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock at 613 in Queen on Rock 102. It is going to be windy today uh, and uh, sunny with a high of 41 tomorrow. Sunny with a high of 45. It's 39 right now in downtown Springfield. Uh, Let's see. What's coming up uh, today? We've got uh, a couple things. No, we got nothing. Uh, It's fine. It's fine. It's Friday. Uh, we We will muddle through. It's a payday uh, today too, uh, which makes me uh, all the more anxious to get out of here at ten. Uh, yeah, it makes me uh, makes me want to get out of here earlier. We should leave now. Yeah, but that would leave uh, that would leave like nothing here. I mean, we almost uh, have to get through at least nine fifty one. I think at that point we can we can scamp right out of here. All right, we can try that. All right, good. Uh, last night I uh, I went out to, I went on a date with my buddy Barry. No I kidding. I say date. You know, yeah, I know. Yeah. You did the thing with the dates. We uh, we were invited to this uh, VIP party for a um, it was a marijuana product uh, introduction unveiling, if you will. Really, but it was this uh, this cocktail party out in the Berkshires, right? What? All the way out in Great Barrington. And uh, and Barry said, uh, "I'll come with you." Yeah, Barry's always up for a good ride. Barry drove. Oh no, kidding! Yeah, how good of a driver is he? Uh, a little scary, actually. He's uh, he's very scary. He's uh, he drives very fast. He's got a lead foot. He's like uh, he's like Mister Wolf in Pulp Fiction. Oh, I you yeah, know, the yeah. guy that can take care of problems, but also can drive very quickly to get to, to places. Right. Uh, but it, you know what? I I don't complain about that because he got me home in record time. Well, I'm sure he did. All um, right, so, uh, so so you go, and, and what happens? So we get invited to this thing, and uh, it says first of all, it says cocktail attire. I don't even know what that is. I don't. You know, to me, cocktails you can wear nearly anything. Yeah. So I uh, asked the the lady in charge. I'm like, uh, what is this? What is this cocktail attire? 
And then uh, she sends me this picture of like some kind of uh, what do you call those people? Uh, Dorks, hipsters. Oh yeah, right. Some kind of like hipster in some flashy like suit jacket, right? And, like a you know a nice turtleneck. I don't do well with turtlenecks. Yeah, I don't fat like guy, Fat guys do not uh, turtlenecks do not look good on fat guys. I'm sorry. It's just the. Uh, It's better to show the chins. I tried to uh, wear a turtleneck, and it really looked like something was puking up a head. Yeah, it's it uh, it's not a good look. No, it's Uh, not. So I said, I don't I don't want to do any of this. Like, it's a cocktail party. What are you? I'm not dressing up. And you're not even you're not even drinking cocktails. No. So it's like, uh, well, what am I? What you know? So she said, just look nice. You know, that's always (laughs) just look nice. That's that's someone who's answered that question more than once. Yeah, so I uh, so I wore my uh, my fu T-shirt and my smart. <laughs> yeah, no, but I, I yeah, just sweater and jeans kind of thing. But anyway, we we're driving to this place, right? Okay. And uh, he, there's two addresses. One is in Sheffield, and one is in Great Barrington, right? Okay. Uh, but it's the same number of the road. And it's a very unique road, so it's not like, you know, you it, wouldn't know where it is. Is this know? one of these roads that runs between both towns? Yes. Gotcha. Yes, and it has the, the corresponding numbers of the same, which is very confusing. That's confusing. Uh, so anyway, we uh, we go to Sheffield first. Yes. Because that's where the GPS took us. Okay. And then I'm, like, texting, saying, where the hell is this place? So all this is is just a big farm. We're at a big farm in the dark. With skunks walking around. In the Berkshires. In the Berkshires. Were banjos playing in the background? Uh, well, uh, so then we figure out we're in the wrong place. We're five minutes down the road on the same road. And uh, we put that address in. And uh, as we're driving along, uh, Barry goes, uh, uh, I think this is probably going to turn into a dirt road at some point. And he was right. Yeah, he just knows. He's got a sense about that kind of All thing. All of a sudden, we're on this dirt road. And it's this bumpy dirt road. And then... It's muddy a little bit because there was a little bit of rain earlier in the day. Right. So I'm like, I don't know if this car is going to make it there, Barry. And uh, we did. We got to this. You drive up, and it's this giant mansion out in the middle of the woods. In very, Sheffield. Yeah. Very much, very eyes wide shut like. You know, when With, Tom Cruise got dropped off of that mansion, and then yeah. he goes in, and he sees all the people in the masks. Wait, I was going to say, were there any dudes wearing, like, animal masks and robes? No, there was none of that. I was expecting that though, because it was just one of these places that just kind of, I like. I'm not that kind of person that goes to these types of parties. Like th- that's this was like my first uh, real cocktail party yeah. among mucky mucks. I know, I know. I've been to a couple, and it's like uh, I'm almost afraid to touch anything. Yeah. There were no like uh, like uh, dead prostitutes at the end of it though, right? Like a nice wide shut. I was hoping there was. I was hoping there was something going on there, but there wasn't. But we walked through this this big house, and they have this uh, celebrity chef doing all the cooking. It, there's a, there's there's little hors d'oeuvres being passed out. First of all, the biggest table of charcuterie I've ever seen in my life. Really, it was awesome. What did it have? It had uh, cured meats. Yeah, an yeah. array of cured meats. I like uh, that. The prosciutto and yep. the. Uh, the uh, capicolo, right? And then, sure. And the uh, salami oo, right? And, uh, right. All of that stuff. Oh, I love that. And uh, then it had cheeses. It had uh, 
macaroons. Macaroons. I never had like a real macaroon before. I've only had like the cheap ones in the like where you buy in the grocery uh, store. No, no, no. You have like a real macaroon. Like it like it like it disintegrates in your mouth yeah. and, and coats you with your your mouth with like love. So it's this chef uh, named Tyler Anderson. Have you ever heard of this guy? Tyler, I'm looking him up he, right now. He owns uh, like a lot of high end restaurants in Connecticut, so he's well known among the cooking business. This is not uh, Tyler Anderson, the pitcher for the Colorado no, Rockies, is no, it? No, wrong type of cook. Yeah, I don't, uh, I don't uh, have that. But yeah, so he he's uh, he's cooking. He's doing all the cooking, right? And they're coming out of the kitchen left and right with all kinds of stuff that I've never even tried before. That was absolutely delicious. Now let me ask you a question. Yeah. This is a uh, this is a cocktail party to reveal a marijuana product, right? A, a vape product. A vape yeah. it's product. Like, it's like a new type of vape pen. But nevertheless, a marijuana derivative is being used in this vape pen. Yes. Correct? Yes. Okay. Wouldn't you then uh, serve all the uh, the snacks after the presentation? No, when no, people no. are the Be most hungry? No, because it was it wasn't even a presentation. It was just more of like a mingling thing and you ah. get to go talk with the people who created it. I and, see. and I did. I, I I you know, I didn't just go there for the free food. I would have I uh, I did uh, have a nice conversation with the guy. And actually all of that cannabis stuff is really really interesting. Like how it's grown, mm. you know the protocols you got to take to 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 make sure that it's uh, it's growing properly. It's not just like growing tomatoes in your in your in your greenhouse. All right, but you know what? If it's a matter of having to listen to that or diving into a charcuterie board, I guess but, what I'm doing. But you, I did both. That was the nice thing about it. I was listening to informational things about this product, and I was also enjoying the charcuterie. Yeah, but see, I, I would find that the the uh, the small talk, the information, would actually cut down on my uh, on my prosciutto eating. No, 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 because they don't care. They they want you to know about the product, and they don't care if you're. Sh I had like ten olives in my mouth at once. You put them on your fingers because that's the way I like to eat. No, them. they had pits in them. I, th uh, here's the thing yeah. about standing and eating something that has like something you you have to expel from your mouth. Yeah, right. Eating a eating an olive in a standing position where you don't really have an opportunity to spit that out somewhere, like you're like rushing for another napkin in yeah. order to put it right back in the napkin. And this is too classy of an affair for you to just like you know hork it out of your mouth like you're chucking out a luga, right? Right. Yeah. Right. And, uh, you know, so I'm walking around this thing. Now, on the other hand, I'm like, I always worry about the people that I bring somewhere. Like, they're not having a good time. But you, you're with Barry. Barry makes his own, that's his own time. This guy's bringing his own party with him. He's, yeah. he's striking it up left and right. I didn't have to introduce him to really many people. And uh, Who doesn't know him? He's uh, he's he's going left and right. and he's he He's one of those people that can just... Ask a question and strike up a really interesting conversation with somebody. I, 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 I find that I wish I could do that. Well, the thing is, everybody knows who Barry is because he's, he's totally iconic. And there's no one who says, oh, what do you used to do? No one says that to him. But that's that. But that that's what this type of crowd was. These weren't like locals. They're there all was, out of there town. Were some locals. Most of them were like New York City people. There was there was a screenwriter there. No kidding. Yeah, there was a a football player who I don't know if I can say, and nor would I know if who he was. Oh, I see. Did he say what team he played for? The Forty ers 
Joe Montana. No. I think he was the guy who wiped the sweat from Joe Montana's brow after they won the Super Bowl. Jerry Rice. No, it wasn't Jerry Rice. Well, I'm all out. Anyway, uh, but they had the, the food was like. Yeah, man. That's tell you what. That sounds pretty good. So they come out with this stuff that looks like almost chocolate mousse. Yeah. Right? But it's not chocolate mousse. What is it? Goose pate. No kidding. They're like a goose liver thing? <laughs> yeah. And you know what? I didn't think I would actually enjoy it. But the way it was prepared, it almost tasted like a small peanut butter and jelly sandwich because it had on. this little fruit on the top. I, there was like a maybe a raspberry or something that they like melted in there. Yeah, yeah. It was good. No kidding. Yeah, and my dad used to bring it. Like he he'd uh, he'd have these clients that would give him presents every year, and this one guy and this one company would give him this like gourmet basket, and it always had like. Caviar in it, right? And and, and a pate, and goose pate. And but I'm you, like, there's no way I'm eating that crap. Ninety-seven percent of all the people that receive that same basket never eat that junk, right? But some people are sophisticated. Now uh, you and Barry are sophisticated. I well, I don't know if Barry ate the goose pate or not, but I did, and I thoroughly and you enjoyed loved it. it. Yeah, but then they had these uh, these like uh, street tacos, right? Uh, that were uh, amazing. It, and the cool thing was, you can watch you could watch these. Uh, you know, this Tyler Anderson had a couple of helpers with them other chefs if you will and sure. you can watch the guys in the kitchen doing all the food up it was actually pretty cool uh but they had uh they had like a chicken pot pie yeah that was like a gourmet chicken pot pie no kidding it looked like dog barf but it tasted good now how did that guy learn to cook with an era of 4.62 yeah uh, it's, of it's the a season. different tyler anderson really you sure yeah and then they had uh they had lobster rolls that. Oh come on! How did yeah. I? How come I uh, was not invited to this? Uh, because first of all, you would have said no, because you wouldn't have known what it was. What it was, and right. I really didn't know what it was until I actually got there too. Yeah, and uh, I would I would have made a wonderful backseat driver. Yeah, I'm sure you would have, but uh, you didn't, and uh, you didn't get invited. <sighs> One more thing, I could have invited you, but I didn't. Gee, imagine that. Imagine well, that. Well, first of all, you don't even uh, use marijuana, so what's the difference? No, but I like uh, lobster rolls, I like olives, yeah. and I like uh, cured meats. Yes, but you're taking away from the point of what the actual thing was about, which was about this new vape pen that they're and coming out with. It's a, it, the way you describe it, Steve, it's about the cured meats, the olives, yeah. and uh, maybe that, and maybe not so much the goose liver, yeah. but, uh, but for everything else on that table, I would have been yeah. all over it. And then uh, you know, then they had this uh, this like uh, Latino guy walking around that was uh, handing out the hors d'oeuvres. Yeah. And I'm like, can I take two of those tacos? And he goes, you can take anything you like. All right. And I'm like, all right, I like you. Come on back this way, boy. Yeah. I didn't even I even mentioned how much I like tacos. Yeah. Yeah. I would have I would have ripped that tacos, up. Tacos. And uh, there was something else they had there that was uh, everything was just out of this world. Sounds like a, a, a one more great thing that I missed. And one thing you will never be invited to ever again either. <laughs> yeah. No kidding. It's uh, six twenty six with Bax and Steve Nagel at Rock one hundred and two. The friendliest bar. Six thirty three with Bax and O'Brien at Rock one hundred and two. It's time for news, and it's brought to you by Villa Napolitana. Celebrate the holidays at Villa Napolitana. Open Christmas Eve and New Year's Eve. Here's local radio icon Steve Nagel. Thanks, Bax. As you just mentioned earlier, the Springfield Central High School Golden Eagles are Division I state champs, baby. Yeah. They beat out Central Catholic High out of Lawrence uh, 22-15 to last night. Springfield won the high school football state champions in front of some impressive spectators. 
The game was pay- played at Gillette Stadium, and there were some Patriots players in the stands cheering them on. That is pretty cool, too. Hey, you know what? We were watching it last night because they uh, it was being streamed, and uh, and we watched the game. And it was uh, it was not a it was not an easy game, but uh, they they held on at the end, and just it was it was fun to watch. I gotta say, that was a good time. Uh, last night's win makes it three straight uh, state titles for Springfield in their first Division One championship. So uh, congratulations to all the folks on that team. Awesome. Uh, while scientists and experts are still working to find answers to many unanswered questions surrounding the new Omicron COVID variant, some doctors in South Africa who have treated uh, cases said the symptoms appear to differ from what they have come to expect with the Delta variant. COVID symptoms associated with the Omicron variant have been described as extremely mild by doctors in South Africa who first reported the new strain, but they say that older people infected by the new variant could face more severe symptoms. Symptoms uh, doctors in South Africa found are flu-like symptoms such as dry coughs, fever, night sweats, and lots of body pains. Well, that's my every night. Yeah, how would you know the difference? fever, night sweats, and lots of body pains. And I'm negative, so I don't know. Well... Uh, but also unusual symptoms that differed slightly to those associated with the Delta variant, such as extreme fatigue, body aches, a scratchy, not sore throat, uh, but no loss of taste or smell. That's the different thing about this thing now. It's going to be uh, it's going to be a long, long winter. Well, my we, friend. you know, the thing is, we, we have to keep in mind that, you know, the coronavirus has been around for generations and, you know, at what point do, do the new variants become more like the old variants? You know what I mean? Like, like okay, you know, here we are, the Omicron. Uh, it doesn't seem to be nearly as bad as, say, like the Delta or the original strain of it. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm wondering, well, at what point does this thing mutate into something that we can actually deal with and handle? That way we don't get all bugged out about it. I, I don't know. I don't know when that's going to be. I hope it's soon. I'm getting a little... Get a little worn out by all of this. <laughs> a uh, man from West Springfield was arrested at the Express Inn. Ooh, fancy nice place. place. On uh, an active warrant for firearm and drug charges. According to the West Springfield Police, 27-year-old Jose Arroyo Torres of West Springfield was arrested after police received information that he was staying at the Express Inn at 1557 Riverdale Street. Officers found Torres in a rented room and was arrested with five 38 caliber rounds in his pocket. Officers also seized a 38 caliber handgun. Ooh, you think those bullets go in that gun? You probably. And uh, wax packets, packaged consistently with heroin pro- uh, distribution. Uh, he was arrested and charged with a uh, firearm without an FID card, yada, 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 and uh, he... Took one of the towels. Yeah, well, that that certainly sounds like suspicious behavior. You can't take the towel. What about those room. little soaps? Can you? Did he take the soaps? Yeah, he did. He took all of that <laughs> stuff. You're not supposed to do that, you know. You know what? I, it's funny you mentioned that. I stayed in this um, at my mother's funeral. I stayed in a uh, what is it? True by Hilton. One yeah, of those true places. Yeah, they've got one in Chicopee. Yeah, it's very nice place. It's all like modernized, so it's like for the people on the go. Like mm-hmm. even in their lobby, every seat has a USB port or plug for you to plug your devices in. Oh, how cool is that? And they also have quiet booths too. Really? Yeah, it's one of these things. It's sitting out in the open, but once you sit inside of it, you can't hear any background noise. Like a like a like the cone of silence on Maxwell Smart. 
Yes, it's exactly like the cone of silence. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Well, that's because that shows from your generation and not mine. Well, that's, that's probably why you weren't thinking about it, but the uh, cone of silence was real. Yeah, it was uh, it, it exactly That's what it looks like. So uh, nice places, uh, but they don't have uh, your typical sample shampoo lotion thing. Every shower has a caddy that is filled with these squeeze bottles oh, that you yeah. have to squeeze out to get the soap or the conditioner or whatever you're using. Right. I, uh, you know, did you ever see the, uh, the documentary about uh, Gilbert Gottfried? Mm, no. <laughs> but go ahead. Whenever he stays at a hotel, yeah. he takes all the soaps and all the shampoos and he brings it home. And the guy hoards this stuff. He's a yeah. hoarder of hotel uh, toiletries. It, it's amazing. They even, even showed him like opening up these these boxes and boxes of all these unopened soaps that he's collected on the on the road. I'm surprised no one has uh, has not sued him yet. Well, I mean, if if they're complimentary and you're not taking more than what you were given, well, he's taking all of them. That's that's the thing. All of them from what his room. Yeah, and well, if you so have what? I well, mean, if you have housekeeping coming in you know, like every day, yeah, you know they just they just give you more. And a guy who's probably stays in hotels probably you know fifty weeks out of the year. But that makes me think yeah. that when he's on the road, he's not cleaning up after himself because he's just swiping all the toiletries. Well, you don't know that. Maybe he's asking for doubles. Hey, could you bring? Could you bring two shampoos? <laughs> I need. Lots and lots of shampoo. Uh, police are conducting traffic enforcement on uh, Parker Street in Springfield this afternoon. According to a news release from the police department, the traffic metro and ordinance units, along with the Mass State Police, will be conducting a high-visibility traffic enforcement between 12 and 4 p.m. on Parker Street. The new de newly developed traffic enforcement plan was made public last month due to recently uh, deadly car accidents in the city. Officers have since conducted two high-visibility traffic enforcement efforts on State Street and Boston Road that have led to 150 citations, approximately 20 criminal complaints, and one arrest. Police Com uh, Commissioner Cheryl Clapperwood is urging drivers to slow down. The majority of citations involve uh, speeding or distracted driving. She said, the goal here is compliance. We want drivers to pay attention, slow down, and put their phones away. We want drivers and pedestrians to get home safely. And, uh, you know, she says, nice. I'm not going to read the entire statement, uh, right. but uh, I think they're just getting frustrated um. because, you know, uh, the speeding thing can lead to a deadly accident like sure. we've seen. And you got to think about, like, maybe you just don't care about yourself very much, but the people that are involved that have to clean your accident up from the EMTs to the cops you know, there was that one that there was that cop a couple of weeks ago on Page Boulevard said it was the worst he had ever seen. Yeah, that it, it hit uh, it hit a uh, like a business, right? Or yeah, a, yeah, or something like that. But, uh, but but you know, you've seen people drive on Parker Street. You know, certain areas of Parker Street are like a you know just a, a flat straightaway, and people just you know gun it. Well, I know a lot of people live off of Parker Street. So, you know, getting onto that street from any other other side streets can be pretty dangerous. You know, I'm so lucky I don't live on, like, I live on a main road. Right. But nothing like that. I couldn't yeah, but imagine. But a main road in Huntington is like a side street anywhere else. But, 
yes and no. I mean, there's trucks that go by all the time. I mean, it's not you know you do hear the traffic right. going by uh, at the busy times of the day. Uh, but for the most part, it's fairly quiet. But if I were to have to, uh, like, I was down in Atlanta back in October, and uh, we're driving. Atlanta traffic is ridiculous. We're so lucky we don't have to deal with that. You'd put in a GPS, a thing is two miles away. It's going to take you 25 minutes for a two mile drive right. because of the, the amount of traffic. But we're driving down this, like, almost like a major highway. It was like a elaborate Riverdale Street. It had four <laughs> lanes on each side of right. the road. And somebody's driveway is, like, right on the edge of that. Well, first of all, anytime you want to go to your house, you have these Jersey barriers in the middle there. So you have to go all the way around down right. to the next light in order to get back to your house. And not only that, trying to back out of a driveway like that, and, and you couldn't even... You couldn't even back in because there's so much traffic in front of your house. Like, I don't even know how these people do that. And yet they do. Yeah. I know. But but when you talk about a street like Parker Street, it's the exact same thing. You know, there's cars going 60, 70 miles an hour while you're trying to back out of your driveway. Which is which is crazy because, I mean, that is not a street that where people should be driving that fast. I mean, it's it's but they do. They drive like 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 idiots. So I'm not surprised that Parker Street would be one of the streets targeted. Uh, a woman in Houston was playing a slot machine at a convenience store last week with another woman. I guess they have con- uh, slot machines at convenience stores down there. Okay. Uh, she wasn't winning, so she poured lighter fluid on the slot machine and set it on fire. Perfectly reasonable. <laughs> the uh, other woman was furious because she was no longer able to play. So she started fighting with the woman, and it spilled out into the parking lot. At that point... The mad woman shot the woman who started the fire and then fled the scene. Man. It's unclear what their relationship is, but police say they did know each other. The fire starter was rushed to the hospital. She's going to be okay. The police are still looking for the shooter. The woman who started the fire is probably looking at charges too, but police haven't announced anything yet. All that over a slot machine. I mean, really? I mean, I've I've never wanted a slot machine either. I never felt like setting it on fire. Well, uh, I would be mad. At the slot machine. Yeah, but and it's I'd like, be like, don't you see? I'd be more mad at myself than I would at, at the machine. I'd be mad at myself because I sh- I should know better that this this machine is designed to take all of my money. I can't get mad at the machine for doing that. That was my choice. The only one who's really to blame here is me. You're the only one that could face the blame for that. Yeah, but I'm not gonna go grab. You know, some light, some uh, some charcoal fluid, and and set the thing on fire because of it. Yeah, well, this uh, this lady ruined it for everybody else. Nah. You know, that convenience store was, uh, you know, the only time I've seen a convenience uh, a slot machine in a convenience store is upstate New York, with the uh, the Indian reservation. Sure, uh, that you drive through. It's a Canis, uh, is Canistota, New York. I think Canis, yeah, Verona, New York, or one of those, one of those right. ones. And uh, they have slot machines in. The gas station. At the gas pumps? Can you imagine that? Not at the gas pumps. Now, how you cool would to... that be if you had, you pulled the one-eyed band, you had the one-armed bandit while you fill up your tank? But there's maybe like 20 machines in this little room off to the side. That you, so you can either go in. It's like it's like a big giant. It's like one of these like you know pride stations with the Dunkin' Donuts in it and all that stuff. Right. Well, it's got a Dunkin' Donuts in it, but it also has a casino to the side. And you see people in there like, what kind of day are you having? 
that you have to spend all day here at this particular slot parlor when the casino is right over there. Nothing shady about it at all. Like you can see, you can see the casino from the gas station. Right. Like well, I, I can't go over there because I've been banned. Uh, but I can, uh, I can uh, sit here at the at the White Hen and yeah. uh, and gamble all day. I got kicked out of the casino, so now this is the only place I can come and spend my <laughs> hard-earned money. Your uh, Pioneer Valley forecast today, it is going to be mostly sunny with a high of 38. Tomorrow, sunny with a high of 44. It's 38 right now in downtown Springfield. I'm Steve Nagel, and that's the news on Rock 102. Ah, yeah. Rock 102 Springfield's Classic Rock at 651 and Credence on Rock 102. Going to be windy and sunny today with a high of 38. Tomorrow, uh, more of the same with a high of 44. It's 38 right now in downtown Springfield. Rock 102 is giving you t- uh, giving you 12 chances to win great prizes in December with a 12 days of prizemas. Brought to you by uh, the Tommy Car Auto Group. You go to Rock 102.com com and sign up and every weekday starting this coming monday december 6th through tuesday december 21st we'll give away a 200 hundred-dollar value gift to one of 12 local businesses including places like uh, the gold trader the still bar and grill liquors 44 hilltown chic mexicalito taco bar and the springfield thunderbirds and many many more it's the 12 days of prizemas driven by tommy Carr auto group and rock 102 springfield's classic rock uh, coming up after uh, 7 o'clock, uh, we're going to be talking about technology and automated. What they, what's AI mean? What is it? Artificial, artificial intelligence. intelligence. Yeah, we're going to be talking a lot about that. All right. Uh, since I have no regular intelligence anyway, artificial would be the way to go. It seems to me you gotta, you might just have to settle for one or the other. Well, I use sweeteners in my coffee, so I don't even use real sugar. Oh yeah, you're so we're right. We're gonna be talking yeah. about the, uh, the 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 fake the fakeness of things. How easy it is to fake things. All right. Nowadays. And at some point uh, this morning, mm-hmm. I would like to talk about a uh, article that came up on Mass Live yesterday, which I think is absolute garbage. Well, uh, we could do either one. Well, it doesn't matter. I can yeah. wait till eight o'clock, Steve. I'm in no rush to rip this story apart. All right. Yes. Um, in the meantime. Uh, I was gonna say let's laugh. We already did. That. We already did that. No, this is a story that can't. I just I'll give you a little uh, a little teaser if uh-huh. I might. Uh, apparently, according to a a certain article that Mass Live quoted, it's not Mass Live saying it. That we believe this. Worcester and Springfield were named the least charitable cities in the United States. Now Worcester, I can see because it's a dump, but <laughs> Springfield, I think kidding? we've proven time and time again. That is absolutely not true. What dingbat wrote that story about my city? I know. I know. If Mayor Dom Dom were listening to this right now, he would be hot under the collar. You're telling me that we're not charitable? I gave somebody a trip to the hospital last week. I think that's pretty charitable. That was the least he could do. Right. <laughs> he's, lucky he, he's lucky he didn't wind up in the morgue. That's right. So we'll uh, we'll talk about that after eight o'clock this morning. Uh, and uh, uh, like I said, I was I was telling you I went to that uh, highfalutin uh, party. Yeah. And then last night we're driving back from Great Barrington, and the rain and the lightning. It was just it was coming down in uh, cats and dogs. Really? Real cats and dogs. Now, were you... Uh, There's a cat, like, it just head just splattered on the ground in front of us. Well, you were driving Barry's car, thank yeah. God. 
Um, was that uh, were there actual cats and dogs a result of all the weed the two of you were smoking last no, night? No, 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 no. We actually didn't partake in any weed uh, there. No. <laughs> I did. Well, I got home. Yeah, uh, you don't want to speak for everybody in the car. Uh, but I couldn't believe how like fast the storm just came moving through. We were we were out, we stood outside of this uh, this big mansion thing. Of course, you know when you're not near city lights, uh, you can see a lot of stars and stuff sure. like that. The sty- sky was clear, and then all of a sudden we're leaving, and it's just it just came barrel assing through the area. Uh, you're, you're really making this start to sound like a kind of a flimsily put together Tom Cruise film. Well, it is. It is. I'm very eyes wide shut. Uh, he's he's my goose. Is <laughs> is uh, Barry's my goose? Talk to me, goose. Uh, but we uh, so we're, we're driving home, and there's like branches coming down. There's it's, like, it's pretty wow. serious. And then he says, uh, "Well, if we see hail, that's when we know we're in trouble." And I'm like. Hail or the car is in the air. That's how you know you're in trouble. Yeah, that's that's you another know, big two one. There's two different things. You know, you can see hail any day of the week. I mean, we've all we've all seen Thelma and Louise. We know how that ends up. Yeah, but this wasn't a Thelma and Louise situation. This would have been a uh, uh, Helen Hunt and Twister uh, yeah, type of situation. Right. But you sure Barry's not your ride to die? Maybe he is. <laughs> I would die. I, I could see the t- two of you were so close. I'm starting to think that maybe that's the case. I better watch out for that shady boy. <laughs> you you might want to think about that. <laughs> he's a daredevil. He is a daredevil. He's the, he's the evil Knievel. It's just about 6:57 with Bax and Steve and Rock. And now Bax's view from the couch, brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. Blow with the King of Snow. Get an errands at Rocky's. Hey, good morning, sports fans. How the heck are you? Okay, it's one thing to dip your unprotected feet in a cryogenic foot bath. It's another thing to stage a protest, file grievances, skip practices and team meetings because you don't like the helmets. It's another thing to lose those grievances, get fined for missing those practices and team meetings. It's another thing to post the letter you received from your boss on Instagram and explain why you're being fined. It's another thing to get involved in a verbal and nearly physical confrontation with that same boss, get suspended, demand to be released with your guaranteed contract, sign with the Patriots, get cut within 11 days after being accused of sexual assault, and then go on to win the Super Bowl the following year with Tom Brady as your quarterback. But when you're a guy like Antonio Brown and you start producing a fake vaccination card, that's where we draw the line. Now, as you may know, former Patriot wide receiver Antonio Brown is really starting to build upon this reputation of possibly being irresponsible. Several weeks ago, I told you that Antonio Brown had his model girlfriend pay for his personal chef $500 to obtain a falsified vaccination card. After finding out that owning a falsified vaccination card could get him in a heap of trouble, Antonio went ahead and got himself vaccinated, but not before presenting the card and misrepresenting his status to league officials. Yesterday, Antonio Brown, along with two other Buccaneer players, were suspended without pay for the next three games. If ever there was a need to get that $500 refund from his personal chef, it would be right now. Listen, I know that Antonio has had a few misunderstandings over the last couple of seasons, and I know it's very easy to think that he's possibly a tremendous jackass, but that's only because he's done nothing to make us think otherwise. However, he was level-headed enough to get himself vaccinated after everything was said and done. And so while he might be an idiot, at least he has valid proof of vaccination. What he doesn't have is any place to be for the next three weeks. But I'm sure he wouldn't dream of taking all that free time in his hands and make things worse for himself because that would be crazy. And he just doesn't seem to be the type.
But hey, and never mind, Yappin' Sports brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. Think about Rocky's being around for 95 years. What's been around for 95 years? I haven't even been around for 95 years. You count on Rockies every day for the little things like screws and shovels, but big things too, like grills and snowblowers. That's why Rockies been around so long. Good people, rock solid service at every Rockies Ace Hardware. I'm back. That's my view from the couch. Rock 102 Springfield's Classic Rock at 710 and White Snake. On Rock 102. Windy today with a high of 38. Tomorrow, sunny with a high of 44. It's 38 right now in downtown Springfield. I just did that in my real voice. That was not a robot that said that. No, but it sounded a little forced, frankly. It didn't sound uh, real sincere. Well, everything I do here sounds forced. Yeah, I know, but there's a little. There's usually like yeah. a little bit of warmth to your presentation. I mean, I'm not a lot, but I'm just saying, you know, enough to make you seem like you're know, a real live human being that someone could talk to you know, <laughs> off the air. What? Really? I sound like that? Yeah, I mean, I think a little yeah. bit. Uh, Andy Chanley, the afternoon drive host at Southern California's public radio station KCSN, has been a radio DJ for over 32 years, and now... Thanks to artificial intelligence technology, his voice will live on simultane- live on simultaneously in many places. I may be a robot, but I still love to rock, said the robot DJ named Andy, derived from the artificial neural disc jockey in Chanley's voice hmm. during a demonstration for Reuters where the voice was hard to distinguish from a human DJ. Uh, our phones, speakers, and rice cookers have been talking to us for years, but their voices have been robotic. Seattle-based AI startup Well Said Labs said it has uh, finessed the technology to create over 50 real human voice avatars like Andy so far, where the producer just needs to type in text to create the narration. All right, but can a rice cooker give you the 12 days of Prismas here on Rock 102? I don't think so. No, but uh, I bet you Andy the DJ could. <sighs> I mean, know, all you need is somebody saying, uh, you know, be the X whatever caller is, and uh, you win the prize. That that kind of thing. Yeah, you know, um, when I was in the early stages of my career, Steve, there were people that uh, used to tell me that in order to be on the air, you actually had to take an exam. You actually had uh-huh. to take a test to get a broadcast license. Yeah. Uh, by the time that I was, uh, you know, ready to to enter into this uh, heartfelt vocation. All I needed was $15, and I could get my license. Today, you don't even need that. And now you're telling me you don't even need a shred of humanity to do this job. All you need to do is be able to type, and the voice will speak the words for you. Ah, Jesus. That's Uh, going to be tough. uh, And we do have an example of that, which is uh, here. here. The human voice is generated when the lungs, the vocal folds within the larynx, and the articulators work in harmony. The lungs provide the pump. They send airflow as well as control air pressure to the vocal folds. The vocal folds then vibrate, creating audible pulses that form the laryngeal sound source. And Caitlin? Uh, well, I never got that done and dirty with your mother, Chris. Kevin, but, uh, yeah, that's the thing. It's not going to be able to do things like that. No, it's you know? not. And like when like a, like a news story happens on a Tuesday afternoon, is uh, that guy going to be able to sing some moody blues to you? Uh, Tuesday afternoon. Yeah, I. Uh, you know, I I never thought this kind of technology would be taking over. I mean, I saw it years ago when I first started in this business, and about. Uh, 
Well, it's been 20 years now. Sure. So year three or four, when I first saw the actual automation thing yeah. that we have, where you can record, you know, months ahead of time. Right. Of, you know, I could record uh, next October's uh, session if 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 all the parameters were in. I would be able to voice track a year, maybe even two from yeah. now, which there, is crazy. Yeah, I know. And, and, you know, we've never taken that technology and made it so that it would uh, deceive anybody. I mean, you know, we come in here on Saturday morning to give you the weekend edition, and I come in here on Saturday on Sunday night to give you the Baxi's musical fun bag. I mean, those are not uh, you know contrived, pre-recorded <laughs> efforts. I mean, they, we don't do that here. How, how are you? Uh, you know, like the last time you went on vacation and, and magically your show was on the air at the same time. How I cut does it, that I, happen? Steve, I cut it short because that's the kind of dedication I have to not only this company, Next thing to this radio station, but to all of you, the Springfield radio listening audience. Next thing you know, you're going to tell me that the, uh, the Hollywood trash is the same at 545 that we play at 935. It's totally different. And the joke at 630 is uh, the same joke at 910. But told in a totally different way. I don't know about that. Oh, it is. Um, again, you know. It was a little scary back then, thinking, well, what is this going to evolve into? And then well, now, it's like, what's it really going to evolve into? You know, uh, back in the day uh, when they introduced computers to radio, uh, they said very specifically, you know, these computers are really meant just for the convenience of it all. They're not meant to replace people. I mean, that would, or, or eliminate jobs, that would be, that would not be... That would not be right. There'd be uh, that would that would almost be how shall I put this immoral in a lot of ways. And I thank God every day that that has not happened. Uh, that no one has lost a job because of simple automation that could you know run a radio station with virtually no people inside of it. I am against this technology, but I think I might invest in their company because yeah. it seems like it's going to be the next uh, big thing. Well, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know if you spent a lot of time on the TikToks. But yeah. there are uh, there are some videos on there where this there's this female voice and she's ridiculously happy, and I think it's all exactly what we're talking about here. It's all artificial intelligence where you just type in what you want this woman to say, uh, and uh, it's you know it sounds forced and fake. Uh, but uh, there are some people that will type in some of the most vile, uh, disgusting things imaginable. Do you want that person? Replacing what? one of us, one of these great professionals you hear on Rock 102? What, to, to type it in to, for it to say vile things? Yes. Well, we already have these signs on the side of the highway that people hack into and make them say, like, hey, your fly's down. Or, uh, Well, no, wait, that's the mass DOT writing those things. Then you have <laughs> people taking it over, uh, you know, putting up some pop culture reference or something on the sign. Exactly. Yeah. This, uh, is, the, this is the kind of thing you don't want. I don't, I don't think... I don't think that's going to be the issue. The issue is this job is kaput eventually. Yeah, think about it. Even, you know, 20 years ago when I got into this business, yeah. there were still opportunities available mm. for you to advance yourself if you really wanted to. You sure. really just had to kind of work for it and, you know, put yourself in. You know, I did overnights. That's gone. They don't even do overnights. I don't think they do live overnights anywhere. Steve, I, I don't. I don't know what you're talking about. We have uh, we have people working around the clock to provide this kind of entertainment every single day. Then how come nobody's talking between twelve and five thirty? Uh, brevity. 
We're told oh, to keep yeah. it brief. You keep it brief. To keep it, uh, you know, keep it it's, moving. It's so keep fast it you can't even hear the DJ here at night. That's, Who is uh, the DJ here at night, by the way? Sandy Max. After midnight? Oh, after midnight. No. I, don't, uh, I believe that's Jerry Todd. Uh, well, he's not doing a very good job. Well, I'm not going to criticize uh, Jerry Todd uh, in the least. I would never even consider doing that. I, you know, it, the, the thing is, Steve, you know, you, we can lament uh, how this business has changed. But, you know, the yeah. fact of the matter is, you know, due to the Internet, uh, computers, uh, mobile devices, uh, your Wi-Fi connections, there's all kinds of you know, different sectors out there that have experienced you know, the same kind of growing pains. Like, uh, like the newspapers or uh, restaurants or uh, manufacturing or uh, any number of different libraries things. or uh, any number of things that seem kind of um, I don't know uh, out of date and passe. You know, I mean, I'm sure it's like 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 uh, for example, you could still go to Costco and get your uh, film developed. Remember film. Your film? Yeah. You know, you take pictures with your camera, and you, you give them your film. Yeah, it used to be done in one hour. Now there's no lo- more any of that. Well, I that, think you have to go to like a, like a Hunt's Photoshop or something to get that one-hour photo done. You, you might be right, but uh, no one's using film anymore is my, uh, my point. It's like uh, it doesn't, uh, doesn't really exist. Did you get that thing I just sent you? I did. You want uh, to play that? Yeah, in a, in a second. Uh, but I, I'm watching this video uh, yesterday. Uh, on I think it was Reddit and it was it was a funny video it was a woman it was a, it was an actual real newscast it was a news a, a newscast where they're throwing it to the meteorologist yeah I, I don't know it's somewhere out in the Midwest and they they throw it to the meteorologist and this guy is like he starts giving crap to the people back in the studio really I you, how come you never send me out here when it's sunny and nice? You send me out here in a snowstorm because I have to describe what snow is to people because they've never seen it before. Yeah, I like that. And then after a couple of seconds, you realize, okay, this is fake. This guy very well, uh, you know, he d- did a very good job of splicing in his fake live shot with the cryon and everything on the bottom. Right. And him interacting with these these news people, and it was very funny because it was it was making fun of the fact that you, we say it all the time. These reporters are standing out in the middle of the street four o'clock in the morning for a courthouse that doesn't open until nine. You know, <laughs> it, it, it happens all the time. But this guy w- was making the joke about it, but it looked real. It looked very real, but it you, wasn't real. You really couldn't tell the difference that he was not actually speaking to those people. Back in the studio. He was just making it seem like they were just having a little chit-chat. Yeah, what gave it away was he made the snide remark, and then the the anchors let him keep going. You know what I mean? Like, oh, they yeah. responded to him yeah. in, like, a friendly way, and I'm like, they would have cut him off by this point. <laughs> he's, the way he's, he's, he's having a mental collapse right there on, the, on camera. But it's kind of scary to think how things can be manipulated like that. It's, you know, we're kind of like, wow, that's cool that you can do this. But it's really not. Yeah. If well, you, if you're using it in a way to manipulate people by making people think that this person said this quote, which is why we don't do that here, because we we are on the level. We wouldn't lie to you, not to your face anyway. At least, you know, maybe been behind your back. But for the most part, we are on the level here at Rock 102. Not really, but anyway. Uh, what's this clip though? This is the DJ 3000. It plays CDs automatically, and it has three distinct varieties of inane chatter. 
Hey, hey, how about that weather out there? Whoa, that was the caller from hell. Well, hot dog, we have a wiener. Man, that thing's great. Don't praise the machine. If you don't get that kid an elephant by tomorrow, the DJ 3000 gets your job. <coughs> Looks like those clowns in Congress did it again. What a bunch of clowns. <laughs> How's he keep up with the news like that? <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly where we're going, friends. It's 722 with Bax and Steve and Rock. 724 with Bax and O'Brien and Rock 102. You know, you didn't mention this, Steve, in uh, Hollywood Trash. I'm actually a little surprised it wasn't your top story. But uh, Laverne and Shirley star Eddie Mecca, Eddie Mecca uh, died uh, this week at the Carmine! age of 60. The Big Ragu. Uh, went from uh, the big ragu to the big rag gone too soon, Ooh. and uh, yeah, he died uh, this week after uh, being uh, substantially unhealthy for a very long period of time. So, I thought uh, you know that's something that uh, the people should know. If you ever watched Laverne and Shirley, like I did, uh, you know the big ragu was Shirley's boyfriend for many many seasons, and he went from rags to riches to six feet underground in a matter of weeks. All right, now which one was Laverne and which one was Shirley? Well, Steve, uh, Shirley was uh, was the uh, was played by Cindy Williams, uh-huh. and Laverne DeFazio was played by Penny Marshall. Uh, okay, now I get it. You don't remember Laverne and Shirley? You know what? I only watched it on reruns. You probably saw it first run when it came out, so uh, I don't remember. It's been years since I've seen the show. It was a, it was like the biggest hit on television for years. Yes, back huge. in the 1970s and 80s. Yes, huge. But not hit. now. Well, no, but it, it, it's a it's a show that we uh, many of us look at uh, quite fondly. I happen to be one of them. Losing the big ragu at the age of 69 is it's a devastating loss. I was more of a uh, Mork and Mindy uh, type of guy. Mork and Mindy, please. It's like a half-rate uh, you know, spinoff from uh, from uh, from Happy Days, which didn't even, didn't even make any sense. Well, wasn't Laverne and Shirley a half-rate spinoff from Happy Days? Yeah, but that made sense. It was still the same time frame. It was still all uh, based in Milwaukee. I mean, Mork shows up in 1950s Milwaukee, and then when the next, within like a, a matter of months, he's in 19 early 1980s Boulder, Colorado. How do you figure that? Well, he's an alien. He can uh, travel from time to time and place to place and circumstance to circumstance without anybody knowing uh, where he's going. Without aging? The kid, the guy jumped like three decades and, and without aging at all. It's a TV show, Bax. You have to have a suspense of disbelief. Well, everything else about that show seemed pretty realistic up until that point. Yeah, Pime Dauber was nothing to shake a stick at. No, you're right about that. Yeah, that's right. It's uh, 726. News is next to Rock 102. If New England's starting quarterback throws a touchdown, you could win a Collinsville watch from the Gold Trader. Go to the goldtraderstore.com slash 102 to enter. And each week throughout the 2021 regular season, if New England's starting quarterback throws a touchdown, someone will win their choice of a men's or women's Collinsville watch from the Gold Trader and the Diamond Shop, 1360 Allen Street, Springfield, and Rock 102 Springfield's Classic Rock. Someone stopped me in the uh, the hall upstairs and said, uh, hey, you know the that jewelry sale you guys have been talking about it's is that happening at every hanoush store yeah somebody asked me that too it's probably the same person probably 
And I'm like, uh, no, it's not at every store. Don't you listen? And they're like, no, we just turn on the radio and half pay attention. Well, the Hanush family has a lot of stores. And so naturally, you might think, hey, this thing must be happening at all their stores. But it is not. No, it is not. It's only happening in Hadley at the Hampshire Mall. Right, because it's the Hampshire Mall. Because they're moving that <laughs> store across the street pretty soon. And before they move, they're having a sale. A moving sale. Correct. A moving sale. You see, Steve, you and I, we pay attention. Wh- what? We oh, pay uh, attention. Oh, yeah. Right. We were talking about their collection of estate jewelry. Antiques. Right. Antiques. I hear they have hundreds of pieces of estate jewelry. Hundreds? Really? Just in the Hampshire Mall store? I'm pretty sure, which is why they're moving across the street. Well, someone please stop it and count for us. Uh, we like to be accurate. That's at the Hanush Jewelers in the Hampshire Mall in Hadley when they're, where they're having the big moving sale. Having a hankering for some good local pub food? Mosey on down to the Whiskey Barrel in South Hadley, serving up homemade burgers, loaded baked potatoes, and some of your favorite sides. The Whiskey Barrel in South Hadley. Go on, get on down there. Let Integrity Heating and Cooling get your furnace in order for the winter. Integrity is a local veteran-owned and operated HVAC company focused on quick and reliable service. They offer 24-7 emergency service, a 10% veteran discount, and estimates are free. Get one now. Go to IntegrityHeatingCooling.com. When Gary calls, people listen. He has a tremendous amount of passion for the region, and that's contagious. So people in the community see that. They want to partake and be part of the process. The holidays are all about giving. Give yourself the gift of a new Ionic Hybrid SE for only $2.98 a month, or a new Venue Limited for only $2.97 a month. All Hyundais come with America's Best Warranty, 10 years or 100,000 miles, and Hyundai Assurance, and three years of complimentary maintenance. Gary Rome Hyundai, 150 Whiting Farms Road, Holyoke. See dealer for details. The... McDonald's breakfast is too good to speak deal. Sounds a lot like... Mm. (laughs) That. And who wants to chit-chat in the morning when you have McDonald's to eat anyway? Get a sausage McMuffin, sausage burrito, or any size premium roast hot coffee, any two, for $2. Or get a sausage McMuffin with egg, two for $4. Price and participation may vary. Single item at regular price cannot be combined with combo meal. It's 7.30. Bax and O'Brien and Rock 102. It's time for news. Brought to you by Yankee Home Improvement. This month, Yankee Home is offering 40% off installation plus a free glass shower door while supplies last. Call Yankee Home now and tell them you heard this ad on Rock 102. Here's local radio icon Steve Nagel. Thanks, Bax. Springfield officials said yesterday they were happy to see nearly all restaurants, bars, clubs, and package stores in Springfield renewing their liquor licenses for 2022. Yeah! Fantastic! Booze it up! Let's all drink! Undeterred by a nearly two-year coronavirus pandemic, License Commission Chairman Peter Signator said 154 of 160, 156 businesses renewed their liquor licenses by Tuesday's deadline. I was concerned we would lose several liquor licenses, Signator said. I was pleasantly surprised. The licensees include restaurants, bars, clubs, and package stores ranging from beer and wine licenses to full alcohol service. Mayor Dom Dom and uh, Chief Development Officer uh, Timothy Sheehan said they believe city assistance, including financial aid and outdoor dining, helped businesses preserve, uh, persevere uh, during the pandemic. I really do think that was a huge thing for a lot of those places that were able to put outdoor seating on a sidewalk where they typically weren't allowed to. Yeah. Uh, and I think uh, that that helped uh, quite a few people out. I think it kept um, some places in business 
uh, you know, without it, they would have had to had to close. Uh, Mayor Dom Dom said nearly 100 percent renewed their licenses, which is fantastic. It's almost a clean sweep. And I think that was because our proactive initiatives, which included telling COVID to kiss the Skin on the back of my keister. There you go. Yeah. All right. Try not to there you go. The, uh, the yeah, you don't want to get too gross. Uh, speaking of uh, alcohol, and I'm you know now that I I know this information, oh, oh. the story here, Steve, you know I might have to go to a Springfield liquor store, but um, I have been I'm I'm going to this uh, this house party tonight. Yeah. This house concert in Westport. Yeah. And uh, I I have learned that the the hostess of this party is a big fan of bourbon. So I, I feel like, you know, I want to show up with a bottle of bourbon. But I gotta you know, I don't I, I wouldn't even know what's a good brand to bring. Like what's a good gifting bourbon? I mean if yeah, I mean I, you know, okay, maybe I'll uh, if it's like a bottle of Jack Daniels, I maybe that's something that I would drink. But as far as a gift goes, what I I'm I need uh, I need a little direction. Have you ever heard of my friend, uh, Mr. Evan Williams? That is a great bourbon to give as a gift, especially for people you don't know. <laughs> what, what's that going to run? Well, I mean, uh, maybe 15 bucks. 15 bucks? Yeah. Nice. 23 for the big one? I feel like I should probably show up with something a little bit nicer than a $15 bottle of well, bourbon. What about uh, the place that did our bourbon and, uh, thing, uh, barbecue, uh, bullet bourbon? I mean, we had bullet bourbon. B u l l i e t. Yes. Bullet bourbon. How was that? I, I don't know. I was how many years ago was that? I don't know. I gotta. I gotta. I'm gonna have to go to a liquor store and possibly ask. Listen, just I get good... something in a fancy bottle that's less than fifty dollars, and uh, you'll be all set. All right. Well, I'm just. I'm just asking because I'm not a bourbon guy. You know, if you're not a bourbon guy, you don't. You know, you don't always know which one's the right bourbon to get. You I know, was... what's, what's you know, when you go to someone's house and you bring a bottle of booze, yeah. you want them to say, ooh, wow, that's awesome, as opposed to saying, oh, no. old, another bottle of old granddad. Uh, and it's like, eh, you know, no one wants that. Well, I'm a, I'm a DJ in this party tomorrow night for this company that I've done for many years now. Right. And they didn't have it last year because of everything going on, and now they're, they're back in full swing. And they usually hold a Yankee swap. Sure. Right? And sometimes you get some really cool stuff. Well, years ago, I won this bottle of vodka that was shaped like a bullet. You ever see that? It's shaped like, like a bullet? Yeah, it was shaped like an old uh, like an old uh, bullet shell. No kidding. Yeah, like a rifle shell. And uh, it was pretty good. Pretty Well, the vodka wasn't that great. Right. But it was the bottle. See, that's the thing. Yep. You could buy something that looks cool, but it might not taste good. You know my, uh, my buddy, the booze guy? Mm-hmm. He, um... That's his name, Buddy the Booze Guy. I don't want to expose uh, who he is or what he does. His name's Buddy the Booze Guy. He's Buddy he works, the Booze Guy. He and works for booze. He could be my very best friend. Anyway, he once gave me a bottle of vodka that was shaped like a cannonball. See, that's cool. It was totally cool. But was the vodka good? Yeah, no, the vodka was fine. fine it was, but you're right. It was, it was, the, it was the bottle that, that, that sold it. Yeah, you know, I mean that's that's to me that's uh, that's awesome. See, the, the the problem with a Yankee swap is that somebody can steal that prize from you. Yeah, I know. I mean, you 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 like you you want that prize, and then someone you know, takes it from you because it's their turn. I don't think that's fair. You always want to be the first name drawn mm -hmm. in a Yankee swap because that means you get to pick whatever you want at the end. You know what I mean? Yep. As opposed to. Uh, you know, because people win 
the way this thing works is there's either good stuff on the table or there's not good stuff on the table. Right. And that good stuff is mixed in with the bad stuff. So when they, you know, somebody opens it, one could get like, uh, let's say, an Alexa, for example, right? Sure. Pretty decent prize, right? But then uh, on the other hand, you could get a gift card to Applebee's. Yeah, I know. Which is the worst gift you could give anybody. That is a terrible gift. I mean, you have to admit that's. I mean, that's. Even if that's somebody, a last resort. Even if somebody was on their deathbed and said, "Please, get me <laughs> a gift card to Applebee's," I would not fulfill that wish. That would be like the only thing that I wouldn't fulfill somebody's wish for is buying them an Applebee's <laughs> gift card. You're, you're on. You're on your deathbed. Why would you? Oh, we may not be able to get there in time. I just want one last thing. A cheeseburger, egg roll, and a dollarita. I'm being told that uh, Bullet or Knob Creek. Good oh. choices for the bourbon. Well, you're good at polishing the Knob Creek, so maybe that would be good for you to take <laughs> some of to, that over. Listen to you talk a bunch of smack at me. I don't know. It's one of those things. The only time I ever like tasted uh, the difference in a bourbon, you know, I was always a Jim Beam guy. Jim Beam's, you know. Yeah, pretty standard for like the bars. Jim you know? Beam and Cherry Coke. Oh, that's oh, there good. You go. That's a, uh, that's so a good uh, one. Jim Beam and Ginger Ale was a, was uh, my favorite. But the uh, the only time I was I think I was at my brother in law's house, and he's he's one of these guys that appreciates the taste and the you know you know he's like like if all that booze was in my house, mm-hmm. it would be gone by the weekend. Gotcha. One of these guys that only takes it out on a like a special occasion kind of thing, a holiday or something, and it was this. Uh, it was Maker's Mark, and it was uh, forty six. I don't know if it was aged forty six years or whatever the deal was. Right. Uh, but that was the first time I could say something was oaky, because you could definitely taste. It, like, it, it tasted, tasted like, like it a was, log, like a from a barrel. Right. And it was actually really good. But it's very expensive. Yeah, I know that's yeah. that's the thing. But I, I just I just feel, you know, the woman said, you know, don't bring anything except you know whatever you want to drink or or, or that. And I'm like, you know, I ought to feel weird like showing up with nothing. You could do Booker's. Somebody suggested Booker's. All right, right. Okay. Well, see what happens. Got a lot to consider here. Uh, yeah, I think uh, I. It's one of those things where you just show up with the the brand name, like the bullet or something. Regardless of how it tastes, people will go, "Oh, that's good because it's expensive." Well, that's listen. I, uh, I don't, I don't, I don't mind digging deep into the uh, into the purse strings to grab uh, to get some nice. This lady's having a concert in her house for crying out loud. The least I could do. Uh, in many ways, Massachusetts is leading the way in creating safe space on streets and roadways for bikers and pedestrians. Mass DOT calls it their Complete Streets Initiative. But the 22 News I team, ooh, that's when you're in trouble, found a bike lane in at least one location in Springfield that is not scoring high points. In fact, the I team discovered the bike lane can be dangerous to travel in if bicyclists are not paying close attention, which is pretty much every bicycle lane there is. You know, every time, so yesterday I'm on Bicentennial Highway, right? Mm -hmm. And I got to make the, the, uh, the, uh, the right hand turn to Parker Street. Yeah. At the end of Bicentennial. And in like the middle of the street is the bike lane. And I have to cross the bike lane to get to to make a right hand turn. Right. And to me, I'm like, what a weird and awkward place to put a bike lane in the middle of traffic. I've never seen a bicycle go down 
Bicentennial Highway. I would think most bikes, I bicyclists would try to avoid Bicentennial Highway. But yet, there it stands, that bike lane. Yeah. I, it makes no sense to me whatsoever. Um, you know, any of these bike lanes, just because they're there doesn't mean they're not dangerous. Yeah. You know, there's one in there's one in South Hadley on Route 116, right? Going all the way up into the the center of town by the college. Sure. Yeah, nobody's paying attention. You know, I mean, people I've seen almost get hit by a turning vehicle. You know that because somebody's in the bike lane. Right. What is the responsibility of the bicyclist? Let's say you're coming up to an intersection. You're coming up to a, a like a side, not even an intersection, a side street. Right. Right. You're in the bike lane. Shouldn't you be yielding to the vehicles on the road? These are that are turning, or it's obviously the other way around, isn't it? It's you have to the driver has to pay attention to the bicyclist. These are very good questions, Steve, and I don't think I've heard anyone give a good answer. If only had somebody with the law enforcement knowledge. Nah, that doesn't help you. Uh, Westfield State University student Kareem Wetterburn. That's a great name, by the way. Wetterburn. Kareem Wetterburn who is a self-described transit nerd. He rides his bike instead of taking his car whenever possible. Such was the case one day in late October when he crashed his bike. While I was focusing on the car, I hit the curb of the median of the on-ramp, and I flew off my bike like Superman, like Super Kareem Wetterburn. (laughs) He uh, said he then rolled into the street, spraining his wrist. His laptop was tucked away in his backpack. The impact of his fall cracked its screen, the crash happened in a bike lane along Chestnut Street in Springfield near Union Station, where he was attempting to catch a bus to Westfield State University. A few days later, the uh, 22 News I-Team went to check it out. We discovered the bike lane ends without warning up against a curb. It was the same curb that Wetterburn said he hit when he crashed his bike. That is kind of stupid that it just ends with a block. Yeah, it, it shouldn't. Uh, I mean, are there signs that say, you know, the bike lane's about to end? I It doesn't seem like there are, but it also it doesn't make any sense that it would just end like. Well, I mean, you, you would think, that, okay, I could see the ending of the lines. Right. Like, we're not doing the lines anymore. This bike lane is over with. But the idea that you have a, something blocking the way doesn't <laughs> seem like a good idea. I don't know, man. That seems dangerous. MGM Springfield will fully open its re hotel, uh, fully reopen its hotel December thirteenth with twenty four hour operations. The Mass Gaming Commission learned Thursday at its regular monthly meeting. MGM's two hundred fifty room hotel is currently open only Friday, Saturday, and until midnight Sunday, and closed Monday through Thursday. The spa remains closed. The uh, hotel, in its entirety, with the rest of the casino and resort, uh, uh, closed in March of twenty twenty as part of the COVID nineteen protocols. MGM reopened parts of the gaming floor and some food service in July of 2020 and has been increasingly opening or adjusting operations ever since. I guess if you don't have enough employees, you can't really keep a hotel going 24 hours a day, well, especially when you need those employees in other parts of the casino. I assume that's the uh, the reason it's been closed? Because of uh, staffing? Yeah. It's not uh, you know purely to, to protect people from COVID, right? Yeah, All right. I don't think so. I, yeah, yeah, that's. Uh, I mean, it, it, listen, it, it's good that it's it's being reopened. It's good that it's coming back. You know, poker's back. You know, as soon as the uh, the sports book opens there, you're not gonna you're not gonna want to go home. You're gonna you want to nap in between losing your shirt and you know, 
spending every last dime you've got. Yeah, you need to go figure out how you're going to remortgage your home when you're uh, putting that up for sale on the poker table. I find that whenever I lose a lot of money, I need to lie down. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I guess I, 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 a good nap would probably get me through this egregious loss. Every time I look at my paycheck here from the radio station, I have to lie down. I find myself getting lightheaded. I do. I'm yeah, go, I do. When I said I wanted to make a ridiculous amount of money years ago, I didn't mean a ridiculous amount of money. No, you meant you meant a lot of money. Right. Not a ridiculous amount. Right. Like you, you see your check and say, this is ridiculous. A week after a devastating fire, Armada's Market still plans to provide holiday baked goods, roast, and sought-after delicacies for longtime customers as Christmas nears. As uh, early as next week, businesses uh, business will start operating out of the commercial kitchen at the recently closed Longmeadow Senior Center on Maple Road. We keep seeing all the messages from longtime customers. Reading them has really kept us going. Owner Alexis Validis, uh, I'm sorry, I don't know how to say that last name. How do you spell it? V a l l i d e s. Okay, sure. Validis, sure, maybe. Said Thursday afternoon, following a busy day of meetings at the uh, at the new site. That support is why she's setting up a catering operation. Ribeyes and tenderloins. We do a holiday bakery. All the things that people like. You know, that's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. awesome. Because, you know, we've said before, you know, people rely on your local markets, you know, to provide things like that. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm sure I'm going to want to do something for Christmas. Well, I'm going to have to go to my local market to, uh, to get something good. Her next step after the holidays will be to open a temporary but longer-term store. She said she's looked at commercial space in Longmeadow and in neighboring Enfield. But the ultimate goal is to rebuild Armadas at the original location. But as we heard, uh, was it yesterday or Wednesday, mm-hmm. uh, that the property owner of the site and the owner of the building are two different people. Right? Isn't right. that what we learned? Yes. So that's gonna it's just gonna be a lot of red tape. But the good thing is that they're uh they're gonna be up and running with at least something going to to hold them over. Yeah, that's good. It's good. I, I you know, I, I hope that uh, I didn't look at the uh the uh, the GoFundMe page from the other day when we talked to uh, to Bill Collins from uh from Center Square Grill. I hope yeah. they're I hope they're getting close on that one. Uh, every bride wants the perfect wedding, but most would settle for it to just not be a total disaster. A woman who recently got married in Florida is going viral on TikTok after her wedding did not go according to plan. She and her now husband were exchanging uh, vows under a gazebo when she passed out. Now, she wasn't drunk. She just hadn't eaten all day. It was hot out, and she was dehydrated. There's video of it where she almost falls over, but the groom catches her, and it doesn't show this part, but she ended up puking her guts out oh nasty isn't that gross that is gross so then her sister, on the most beautiful day of your life so then her sister came over with a fan to help cool her down and she was holding the bride's nephew who was just a baby and while her sister was trying to help the kid pooped all over the wedding dress oh, for crying out loud it escaped the diaper and ran down the sister's arm and got all over her she got it uh, dry cleaned and did the wedding photos at a later date. She says she can't wait to tell the story at her nephew's wedding someday. I would take a big grumpy run on the table. Yeah, that's that's something they'll be talking about forever. Absolutely. Now is that something borrowed or something blue? Which I, one? Which which uh, which one is that one? Uh, something poo. <laughs> Some what is it? Something old? Something new? Something, something borrowed? Something, something blue? blue? No, something poo. That's that's how you got to do it. Your uh, Pioneer Valley forecast, which is brought to you by Fogbuster Nitro Cold Brew Coffee. Look for the black and white can <laughs> in the beverage cooler now at every Big Y Express. 
Fogbuster is uh, silky smooth and uh, never bitter because Fogbuster is air roasted. It's going to be mostly sunny today with some wind, uh, high winds at times, and a high of 39. Tomorrow, sunny with a high of 44. It's 37 right now in downtown Springfield. I'm Steve Nagel, and that's the news on Rock 102. Ah. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock at 753 in Bon Jovi on Rock 102. Sunny and a high of 39 today. More of the same for tomorrow with a high of 44. It's 37 right now in downtown Springfield. Yeah, there are all kinds of reasons to uh, not be able to listen to the uh, to the show. I, mean, I get yeah. that. You know, you're busy. you got to work. Uh, you know, kids are acting up. Uh, you don't feel like it. Whatever it may be. You can always go and listen to a Baxter O'Brien podcast. It's available on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and Spotify, or directly from BaxterO'Brien.com. Also, Baxter's musical podcast. Uh, this week, I, re- I reposted an interview I did with Andy Partridge from XTC. And by the way, I think I'm talking to him again after the first of the year. So that's very cool. And then uh, on Monday, uh, an interview with uh, John Ilsley from Dire Straits, the uh, the bass player. In fact, the only other person other than Mark Knopfler that appeared on every record and on every tour. He's got a brand new book out called My Life in Dire Straits. It's a great, great book, and uh, you'll be able to hear that starting on Monday on BaxonO'Brien.com. Ever give a, a secondhand Christmas gift away? <sighs> yes. You have? Yeah. I mean, yeah, it was a long time ago, but you know, there were things that were re-gifted against my will. I didn't, uh, didn't want to do it. But I did it anyway. A uh, new survey asked people uh, what they thought about giving secondhand Christmas gifts. It was framed as an earth-friendly move to pass along pre-loved items to avoid waste. Or you're just cheap. 23% of people claim they'd uh, consider buying a used gift to prevent it from going to a landfill. Nearly 40% would shop secondhand to try to get a bargain. And 31% uh, would do it in the hopes of finding something more unique. I've bought secondhand things that are unique, uh, you know, unique items. Right. But that's different than giving away something that has been uh, pre-owned. Like that used Dookie CD from Green Day? Did you you pass that along to somebody? No, I actually kept it. I don't know why. But... Hey, I heard you like crappy nasally music. Here's my Green Day CD. <laughs> well, Steve, you know uh, that that may be true, but you know if you're going to secondhand a CD and it's not uh, like shrink wrapped anymore, yeah. then it's pretty clear that uh, you know you're not uh, you're not giving away something new. Well, but- and who would want that anyway? Well, books are number one, which kind of makes sense. Sure. Books are easy to, you know, as long as you don't do any markings inside the book, you know, highlighting. See, that was the, that was the thing about, uh, like, John, anytime we'd get a good book in here. Right. Like, uh, like an author, they'd send us the book. I would have to wait for him to finish with it, and then he'd give it to me, and it would all be highlighted and marked up. Yeah, I know. And that's, you know, I, I don't. I don't. Uh, I don't dig that because that's that's kind of like uh, like college. You know, buying one of them used books. Right. Uh, book, not the same. DVDs are next. Who the hell is giving somebody a DVD? Who's even got something they can play a DVD on? Well, I have a DVD player in my van. <laughs> that sweet ass minivan I got. Oh yeah, right. Well, that's uh, different. But, they, but you're not going to put the whole family in the back of the van to watch a movie. No, but it, it, DVDs are helpful for like road trips and stuff like that. 
So, but I, but all the DVDs I own, I don't think I purchased. I think they were given to us by other people. We got a we got a DVD in the uh, in our in our camper, uh-huh. a DVD player. Uh, but that's you know that it came with a camper. So you know what are you gonna do? So you know now we have a bunch of DVDs that we scrounged up for you know virtually nothing, and uh, so they're there. Uh, jewelry. I can see that hand-me-down jewelry, you know, from a great grandma or something sure, like that. Right, that's uh, that's got some some special thing to it. Ceramics and ornaments, again, along the same lines of family heirloom type of things. Unless you're giving away that ashtray you made for mom back in third grade. You know, they used to let us make ashtrays. I remember that. Yeah, yeah, I remember well, making like, an ashtray. Oh, yeah, you can make an ashtray. That was like no big deal back then. You couldn't do that now. Huh? Yeah. Well, go figure. I'm waiting for my uh, kid to start taking technology classes so she can make me a weed grinder one day. Ooh, there you go. <laughs> now you're talking. Yeah. Now there, that's that's a whole lot better than decoupage, isn't it? Uh, vinyl records. Again, See, that's a hand-me-down. That's a, a, that's a, that's a hand-me-down, but it means less if you're dealing with someone who doesn't take care of their records. Right. Like, I got a bunch of my old, old records that are all scratched to hell, but the newer ones they try to you know take care of. Because yeah. I'm more responsible and mature these days. Uh, video games. Yeah, I guess. Uh, arts I guess. and crafts. And bags and purses. I don't like any of those things. You don't uh, You don't wear a purse? You don't uh, bring a bag with you? Uh, it's the urban carry-all is what I'm wearing. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, but I, I don't like any of that stuff. I, I, don't, I don't care. You know, my kids are like, what do you want for Christmas? I'm the kind of person that, like, if I want something, I'll save up and buy, buy right. it. Right. You know, so for my kid to ask me, I just I just say, just make me something. This is this is what I've told my kids. Now, my kids are, you know, between the ages of uh, 17 and, and you know, almost 22. So what I tell them now, because, you know, they're, I mean, listen, they're, they're kids. They don't have a lot of money to spend on gifts. So what I say, listen, what you can give me is just your time. That's more valuable than anything you can buy in a store. Spend some time, and you know what? That is more than enough for me. All right, that's pushing it because uh, I spend a lot of time with them, and all I want is uh, something you've made. Yeah, but you're right, right. But your your kids are are young, and uh, yeah. you, you're going to get to the point where you know you'll be giving them money to buy you a gift. To me, that seems ridiculous. Yeah, but I don't do that. I just I just say make me something. Go upstairs. I bought all that art supplies, so I actually kind of did buy my own gift. You go upstairs with all that art supply stuff and make me make me something, damn it. Make me something to remember what great Christmas this is going to be. Well, there you go. Yeah. There you have it. It's 7.59 on Rock 102. And now, Bax's View from the Couch, brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. Blow with the king of snow. Get an errands at Rocky's. Hey, good morning, sports fans. How the heck are you? As you know, I've always been a big fan of exciting sports milestones. Are you kidding me? I love that crap. For example, last night at the NBA, you had two big milestones occur. One is really fantastic. The other, not so much. For example, last night, the Phoenix Suns set a franchise record after banging out 18 wins in a row after beating the Pistons 114-103. to Now, the longest winning streak in NBA history happened in 1972 when the Lakers cranked out 33 wins in a row. So in my opinion, until you start getting closer, 18 in a row is no big deal. But what is a big deal is the record-breaking milestone that happened last night in Memphis when the Memphis Grizzlies played the Oklahoma City Thunder. Now you might say, Baxi, what are you talking about? 
Why should I care about any of this? Well, that's a fair question, because on any other given day, I wouldn't give a crap about this game either. However, during this particular game, the Memphis Grizzlies were able to post the biggest lopsided score in the NBA's 75-year-long history. Last night, the Grizzlies smoked the thunder by a final score of 152-79. to According to my calculations, that's a difference of exactly 73 points, making it the largest margin of victory in NBA history. That beats the previous record that was set when the Cleveland Cavaliers beat the Miami Heat 148-80 nearly 30 years ago, which I should point out was a differential of 68 points. Now, I can understand that pounding the snot out of the Oklahoma City Thunder isn't exactly the toughest thing that you can do, but beating a team by 73 points suggests that one of the teams on the floor isn't exactly certain about how this game is actually played. Memphis had nine guys scoring double digits. The Thunder, on the other hand, I believe had to be shown what side of the FedEx Forum they should be facing. Listen, the rules of basketball are pretty simple. You take the ball, you shoot it into the basket. And when the other guys have the ball, you want to do something called defense. It's not that complicated. In fact, any idiot can figure it out. But of course, this lack of understanding might explain why they've only won six games this season. It also makes me wonder what a team actually has to do to lose to these guys, because that can't be easy. But hey, and if I'm I Yappin' Sports brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. You know, you wake up every morning, get ready for work, you put on your car hearts, and it's game on. Where you do real work, not like what I'm doing over here. You get it done in your car heart durable workwear, which you will find at your neighborhood Rocky's Ace Hardware. I'm back, that's my view from the couch. Rock. It's 814 and Ozzy on Rock 102. Windy this morning and then that's uh, going to be tapering off this afternoon to mostly sunny skies with a high of 39 uh, and uh, tomorrow it's uh, sunny and a high of 44. It's 37 right now in downtown Springfield. Steve, weren't uh, weren't you and I? No. Okay, maybe not. But uh, didn't we? No. Wasn't the Mayflower? No. Last week, yeah. you and I were at the Mayflower Marathon. Oh, last week. I right. You were okay. Marathon. Now, uh, I would think that after raising one hundred twenty-seven thousand dollars for food, uh, food and cash for the open pantry, yeah, uh, would suggest that the people of this area are very generous. Yeah, would you agree with that? I would agree with that. This is uh, in Mass Live yesterday. As the season of giving inspires donations all over the country, a new study suggests that Worcester and Springfield are the two least charitable metro areas in the United States. Worcester, which is the second largest city in New England, came into the very bottom. Now, that I'm not surprised by. Worcester's a crap hole, and I think we all know it. Showing low numbers in all three of these metrics in the research conducted by the online lending company uh, LendingTree. The city's percentage is itemized, uh, of itemized returns contains a charitable contribution with 79.1%. The highest was Memphis, Tennessee at 919 uh, What they're basically saying is that um, Worcester and Springfield, uh, compared to other cities around the country, they, they, they surveyed more than 2,000 Americans about what they made in contributions um, on, uh, on, uh, to charities all over the place. Right. And Springfield is at the bottom in this country. Now, I'm reading this, and I'm saying, didn't we just raise $127,000 for a local what, charity? Well, what are the parameters again? Like, how are they judging that? Like, the Lending Tree surveyed more than 2,000 Americans to learn whether they were giving yeah. or planning on making charitable contributions on Giving Tuesday, 
which was December 30th. It also assessed donations in 2021, so far analyzing tax returns in the 100 largest U.S. metros to find the most and least charitable places. On the list, Springfield was ranked 99, Boston ranked number 32. That's not even like a full study of anything. It's you not can't a base giving Tuesday, the one day of the entire year right. where people are asking, and tax returns aren't even done yet. So how are they getting that information? Well, because they're probably looking at the previous year. Okay, but that again, the previous year would be the year of the pandemic where a lot of people were holding on to their money because they didn't know what the hell was going to happen. See, but this is this is the thing that gets me. Okay, so uh, never mind the Mayflower Marathon here for a second. Mm -hmm. If you want to look at charitable no do donations made throughout the year, why doesn't somebody call Bob the Bike Man Charlin to see how people have been generous to him mm -hmm. with all those bikes that he's uh, that, that have been donated to him? Yeah. Why don't they talk to uh, the Picnelli family to see how much money they've given to charities and to local to, to, to local uh, you know families? Around the around the city, silently, oftentimes they don't even they don't even promote what they do. Why don't, you, do ask, why don't you ask that guy with the march? Uh, how walking a mile can earn you five hundred thousand dollars? Yes, it's which is like a, I, I believe it's a fifty thousand dollars per step. Right. Um, yeah, you know this is what I'm talking about. It's like, how do you even make the statement that this city isn't charitable enough? When I can cite at least five more examples of uh, of people and what they have donated and companies of what they have donated and individual individual philanthropists in this city alone that we are we're just you know we're saying no oh, no and people in Springfield they don't they don't care about no nothing and the fact of the matter is we've proven over the years yeah. that uh, that Springfield. The greater Springfield area are extremely generous and extremely charitable when it comes to people in need. And that pisses me off. I'm I, angry about it. I know. I, I give all the time. I uh, I give a lot to unwed mothers. Just get open and get their start. You know what yeah, I'm saying? I know. Yeah, you, say, right, you want right, to right, get, right. get on the, the ground floor in that one. <laughs> yeah. No, but I, uh, I, give, I give a lot of... Uh, I'm one of those guys that gives like five bucks to a guy standing on the... Uh, on the on the on the traffic island. Sure. Do you at least ask for a receipt though? No. For tax reasons? Uh, well, you really should. Listen, I I say to myself, do I really want? Let's say I have twenty dollars, right? Sure. Do I really want this twenty dollars going to uh, to uh, uh, dangerous substances and debauchery and uh, every any other kind of those, evil thing? And those. I say, no, I don't want that. So that's why I give the money. Away. Well, you know, those <laughs> people are in need too. Those Steve. <laughs> but, I'm, but I'm me is the one that's doing the debauchery. I mean, I'm just you know, I'm just surprised to to see that. I mean, you know, over the years, yeah. you know, we have probably raised <sighs> close to three million dollars in the yeah. Mayflower Marathon, and that's an estimate. Obviously, I don't I don't and, have the exact. And you with numbers, I don't trust that number. But, but you know ahead. what? It probably is. I mean, when I mean, we've been doing it for 27, 28 years. Over the course of all that time, it's probably been at least three million dollars to, to the open pantry. And I'm not saying that you know we're the biggest and best uh, of of all of them here, but you know, again, I could I could be pointing fingers at you know Mass Mutual. How much yeah. do they donate to uh, to nonprofits and 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 to people every year? Yeah. Or Big Y, or uh, you know Bay State or Mercy. I mean, they they all they all donate back to the community. 
And so, you know, I, so I see the story yesterday. I'm going, are you out of your mind? But I mean, it, you know, the people of Worcester. There's there's nothing good that comes out of Worcester other than the Mass Pike. But uh, but but Springfield, and that's different. We've, we've seen yeah, we've and, seen proof. And again, if you're solely basing it on Giving Tuesday. Uh, and some tax returns from last year, which would be the worst example, right? Uh, then you really can't have an accurate study done. You know, it's weird because, yeah. uh, and this is totally this this is something that that, that kind of surprises me. Mm-hmm. So the Mayflower Marathon, there's there's people who will make a donation, and it may be a check, and there's we typically have somebody there to receive cash donations. Some people will ask for a receipt, but the people who wind up writing the biggest checks, yeah, don't. Like they don't want a receipt. They don't. They don't really feel a need to have a receipt to prove that they did something charitable. A lot of times, it's you know very much under the radar, and and you don't and you don't find anything out. You I mean I, I'm, yeah, and and to me, okay. I mean not that not that you know. Uh, Itemizing your charitable contributions and your taxes are, you know, a, a bad thing. But if you're not even taking credit for it, mm-hmm. you know, to me, that's a real act of charity because, you know, all you're doing is basically doing something for somebody else out of total kindness, not about any, you know, s- self-serving refund you may wind up getting from the IRS. Well, uh, next time somebody gives a million dollars and says, oh, I don't want to be known, I will take the credit for it. Sure. Why, why not? not? Yeah, yeah. Why not? Why wouldn't yeah. you? But uh, I'm just. I, I I saw this notification yesterday, and I'm like, did did I just sleep right through the Mayflower Marathon, or did or or all the charities that uh, you know we've either had on the air to talk about, and and we've yeah. seen you know the the GoFundMe accounts for people in need, or you know businesses that have been uh, destroyed by fire, or you know any number of things that have happened. No, they, people have always yeah. responded. It's a. Uh, th- this is a guilt story. This yeah. may try to make people feel bad that they don't give enough. The lending tree. Think, what, is, what do they know about nothing, the lending tree? Well, you know, I had uh, I had a friend who, uh, you know, in the beginning of the pandemic, right? It's not always about monetary donations, right? No. But she was really good at sewing these headbands, and these headbands had buttons on the top of them. And they were for medical workers who... You know, instead of getting the the ear cauliflower ear that you get from holding the mask on your face for 15 hours a day, right? Uh, these would clip to the to the buttons on on the hat, right? Oh, cool. So uh, she was asking her friends, uh, saying, "Hey, can you can you if you buy me these things, I'll sew them on and I'll donate them to whoever uh, you need." Yeah. So you know, that was like that was kind of the charity train going on. People would 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 send these headband things to her house. These the material that she needed. She would sew the buttons on, and then she would ask the friends, "Hey, do you know anybody in need of these things?" So we'd ask nurses, doctors, EMTs, all that stuff, uh, saying, "Hey, uh, where can we do this?" And we would go out and distribute them to people, drop them off, bag, touchless, you know, contact, uh, you know, kind of thing. And uh, that to me is a giving kind of thing that you're not. There's no monetary value associated with it. Right. Yes, you might have had cost to go along with that, but she's not writing that off or anything. These are just things that people do 
for kindness to to to, to kind of help everybody out. You know, we, so a monetary number doesn't necessarily mean that we're not charitable around here. But nevertheless, even if you're just talking about monetary donations, I think the results of this survey are garbage because just like you said, I mean, if you're you know, if Giving Tuesday was uh, the day that you're going to hang this information on plus tax you know, plus tax returns, you're not getting a full and accurate account of what's going on uh, you know, in particular cities. And they only talk to 2,000 Americans. You know, how many, I mean, there's, there's a couple hundred million people in this country. You know, I, I, I think 2,000 is a, is a, yeah. Is a ridiculously yeah. small number, rep- and to represent particular cities you, with only two hundred people involved, your sample size is wrong. It's all out of whack. So, for anyone who thinks that this is this is a good information, uh, look again. It's not. I, w- I was taught that in my. Uh, I took a, a class on. Uh, uh, like studies, like how to how to run studies and things like that. Right. And uh, I was told by the uh, by the professor that. Because I did a, I did a thing on television violence, whether or not television violence affects children. Right. right. And then there was a school that was nearby that was part of the college that we could go and utilize, you know, school students in order to conduct these surveys and things like that. Oh, and parents love their children being used for scientific experiments. Well, they did sign them up for it, and they did allow them to do it. Sure. It wasn't scientific experiment. It was just a survey. Partially scientific experiment. Uh, so, you know, I, I interviewed 15 kids. Right. Right. And the, the results came back that, no, television violence doesn't cause people to be violent. And that might be true on a wider scale. But as the professor explained to me, your sample size is so small that, it's you, not can, representative. that you cannot have this represent a number. But the point was that there are too many outlets out there that do do that. And this is where you get a story like this. Yes. 2,000 people surveyed, and Springfield ranks 99. I don't know how you make that accurate at all. We're in the bottom 1%. It's uh, 826 on Rock 102. Going to be uh, mostly sunny today with a high of 39, a little windy, but that's going to taper off by this afternoon. Tomorrow, sunny with a high of 44. It's 37 right now in downtown Springfield. Uh, let's see, uh, Monday on the show, Scott Cohen will be joining us. We'll be talking about Patriots football. Big game on Monday night. With the Patriots in Buffalo, you'll hear that game right here on Rock 102. Shuffle off to Buffalo. That's right. And Cohen will have all the deep insight that you've come to expect. Provided he's not on a flight to uh, Myrtle Beach. Which we won't find out about until like, I don't know, 6.45 in the morning. Yeah, but 10 minutes before he's supposed to show up. (laughs) Getting on a plane right now. Sorry. Anywho, uh, we do have news, and that is coming up next on Rock. 831 with Bax and O'Brien at Rock 102. It's time for news brought to you by Table and Vine. For the best deals in town and expert advice, only at Table and Vine, Riverdale Street in West Springfield, or at tableandvine.com. Here's local radio icon Steve Nagel. Thanks, Bax. The Springfield Police Department uh, Detective Bureau is asking for the public's help in identifying an assault and battery suspect up on their uh, Facebook page and on their website. They have a photo of this person. The suspect is said to have assaulted a disabled woman, according to the news released by the department. The incident allegedly occurred on a PVTA bus on November 11th. The suspect is said to have gotten off the bus on the 1100 block of Boston Road. If you have any information on who the suspect is or the whereabouts, please contact the Springfield Detective Bureau. Okay. A bus? Yeah, you're starting to fight with a disabled person on a bus? I mean... That makes you kind of real special-like. I mean, did, did who who started it? 
it doesn't really matter. I know, but it's like if I'm if I'm the non-disabled person, and I start the fight, I'm thinking I might just be the biggest a-hole in the bus. Yeah, I think you were. I mean, if the, if the disabled person starts uh, the fight, then you okay. know maybe he thinks I'm a big a-hole, and he and maybe he need deserved to uh, to start it. You know, maybe maybe I did something wrong to 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 anger him. I'm not. I'm like the kind of person who doesn't really get, like. I might get annoyed with somebody. Yeah. You know, whether you're disabled or not, even if you were disabled, if you were uh, giving me crap about something. Yeah. I would kind of ignore you. I wouldn't uh, get into an altercation with you because I would realize that okay, you are clearly there's something going on with you. You have a disability. Uh, you know, maybe it's visible. Maybe it's not. But uh, if it's visible, you're like, hey, listen, this person's got more problems than I could ever uh, worry about. I'm not going to get involved in the the back and forth. Right. You know what I mean? It's just not worth it because you don't know what they're going through or what they're dealing no, with. No, I know. But, you know, when I'm on public transportation, I try to keep to myself. I don't try to correct anybody. I don't try to get in anybody's way. I pretty much stay silent. I, if I'm on a train or a bus or a, you know, a plane... I'm, it's almost like I'm barely even there. Another thing we're lucky we don't have to do. Yeah. Is ride public transportation. Because you know how long it takes you to get from one place to another? Oh, I know. Let's say you're in Westfield and you want to go to East Springfield. You're talking like a two and a half hour bus ride. Because everyone's everyone's making the stops. Well, they kept ringing the bell. You know, (laughs) Uh, but uh, yeah, if if you're coming from a place like that, uh, you got to go down the route, and they stop at every stop along the way. And oh, then, I know. Uh, then they get you to the main terminal. You got to get off at the main terminal and then wait for the bus that goes up to where you're going. You know, back in my day, I used to have to take a bus every single day from Providence mm-hmm. all the way to Rehoboth. Now, that's maybe like a 10, 12 mile distance. Yeah. But it always took a long time. I had to walk several blocks to the bus station in Providence. And then I got dropped off uh, two miles from my home. And then I would have to take the long two-mile walk every single day of my life for an entire summer. And uh, and, uh, and we liked it. Because it's all we could do back in the olden days. That's what we did back in my day. We didn't have any Ubers we or lifts. backwards up the hill in the snow in school. We used to moonwalk to my house. We had... We had to tell people to get off the party line if you wanted to have a phone conversation. You know, one time I actually fell asleep on the bus. Did you? And uh, slept right through my stop. Yeah. And so so the the, uh, the route was Providence to Taunton. Ah. So then I had to get off the bus in Taunton when I realized, ah, oh, crap, I slept right through my stop. And and how old were you? I was probably uh, 21, 22. And you... And an adult, you fell asleep. I fell asleep on the bus, and so I had to get off the bus, wait for the next bus from uh, Taunton to Providence, which was like another half hour, and then from from Taunton to Rehoboth, I had to to wait forever. Total inconvenience. I I was going to say that I fell asleep on a bus once, but I was five in kindergarten. Well, I didn't have uh, a, a set of wheels to get myself from one place to another. And I was working in Providence, and, and, you know, that's the way it was. 
Yeah, well, what, are you, what are you going to do? Well, uh, you could be more cognizant of your surroundings when you're a 21-year-old person. I was exhausted, Steve. I was uh, sleep-deprived, very tired, and just, you know, and you know how it is on a bus with that hum, you know, that vibration. Only two things can happen. You either, uh, you either fall asleep or a certain blood flow uh, tends to collect in certain parts of the body on the bus. What are the hell are you talking about? You've never heard of the bus boner? Uh, I've heard of the bus boner before. That's what happened every day. Yeah. On the bus. I thought the bus boner was just one of those things they told you about in school. No. Uh, sometimes you might find yourself in an embarrassing situation where your boner, uh, well, they don't say boner, but they, they use the medical term. Right. Uh, that might be embarrassing. This is nothing to be embarrassed well, about. I, you know, it, it is what it is. I, I always thought it was the, uh, the vibration of the bus. I don't even understand why that's a bad thing. Well, it's not a bad thing. It's just you know, it's a perfectly natural biological yeah, but function. But why, you know, what is it about the bus that makes it happen? Why do we consider uh, th- why do we consider the public display of an erection through a pant right uh, wrong? Well, because Steve, uh, if it's something no one, you can't help, nobody likes the judgment. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And you know you get it's uh, it's unsightly and creepy, frankly. You know, for some to people, no one wants to see that. No one really cares to see that. Yeah, you, you got to reach a certain age in life where you'd uh, welcome that uh, type of. I'm just telling you, it's, prowess. You know, it's it's one of those. If you've never been on a bus, you probably have never experienced this. But if you have been on a bus and you have experienced this, you know exactly what I'm talking about. I went to. Uh, I once had one of those on a Greyhound. Really. Were you on the bus at the time? Oh, yeah, the Greyhound. Oh, I see, yeah. They don't okay. take prisoners, they, nor do they take American Express on a Greyhound. But right. they also uh, embrace the fact that uh, people are getting on the bus with erections. <laughs> it's not they're getting on the bus with the erections. They yeah. don't get it until they're on the bus, until the bus pulls out of the terminal oh, or away from the stop. Maybe the bus driver was showing a movie on that DVD player. No, no. This, uh, typically, there's nothing on a bus to arouse you other than the vibration of the bus. I don't know. I don't know what what does it. It's just, but it's like uh, clockwork. I haven't been on a bus in years because of this incident. No, <laughs> I'm just saying. I've just I I haven't you know right. had I had I been using a bus on a regular basis. I might uh, you know be a little ashamed of myself. Police are conducting traffic enforcement on Parker Street in Springfield this afternoon. How many people are going to remember me talking about this? Quite a few. Yeah. But they'll forget about it until they're actually on Parker until and say, oh, they, yeah. no. Until they actually get a ticket. And they're like, damn it, I should have listened to Steve Nagel this morning. Yep. According to a release from the department, the traffic metro and ordinance units, along with the Mass State Police, will be conducting high-visibility traffic enforcement between 12 and 4 p.m. on Parker Street. That means they're all going to be in, like, a group, and they're going to be pointing their little speed guns at your car while you're driving down the street. And they're going to be doing this pullover thing, you know, with their hands. <laughs> oh, I love that feeling. That I love I love that feeling when you're when you feel singled out. Uh, this is because uh, you know uh, of the recent deaths we've had uh, in November alone. There were six uh, between pedestrian accidents and just regular uh, car accidents. So they're yeah. trying to calm that number down so uh, more people don't get hurt. Uh, I got caught in one of those things once on the, the New York State Thruway. Really? Yeah. And you know what they were doing? They were taking your speed 
by the helicopter up in the sky. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. You know when they say aircraft may be used in speed enforcement? They weren't kidding. They weren't kidding about that. And because uh, I said, I said, excuse me, where were you that you saw the thing? And he go, points up in the sky. And there's this helicopter flying around, like grabbing people. Oh, you, and it was like the perfect spot because you couldn't see the barrage of cops. There must have been like eight cop cars on, you know, four on either side of the road telling people to pull over when you come over this crest. Yeah. And uh, that's where they were banging you. Well, how fast were you going? I was doing 73 and a 65. Please. And it was my birthday, it was my 18th birthday. And he gave me a parking ticket instead because it was my birthday. So I only had to pay $25 as opposed to 100 and whatever the hell it would have been for a speeding ticket. And that's supposed to be some sort of favor to you? Well, he said, he said to me when he came back, why didn't you tell me it was your birthday? Like he must have realized as he's writing the date out and, write, and seeing my birthday yeah, that be, it was the same day. Because you're a cop. And typically, cops don't care that well, it's your birthday. Yeah, I, like... I don't, uh, you know, listen, I've made calls to people after I get a ticket Yeah. to say, hey, is there any way we can work this out? Sure. You know, that kind of thing. Right, right. Or you call in a favor. But never, ever, ever would I say to the, a cop, do you know, first of all, do you know who I am? Yeah, I would or, never do that. Or it's my birthday or... You know, making up an excuse about somebody dying or something like that. Right, or, or trying to tell the cop, hey, you're a very handsome fella. Listen. Maybe there's something we can do to uh, make a little arrangement. Just let them write the ticket and face the consequences however they're going to work I out. Guess. Because it's not worth embarrassing yourself going, it's my birthday today. I just I don't. Gonna, it, I got to get out a parking ticket free charge? <laughs> You do, what were you gonna say? I was gonna say I, I, I can't even imagine that trying to do, negotiate that those kinds of things is even remotely successful half the time. Why don't you tell me it's your birthday? Because it never works every single year. Every time I'm going 73 miles an hour yeah, on this yeah, particular yeah. highway, it never works. Well, it's never gonna work again either. Uh, during his confirmation to the Supreme Court, Brett Kavanaugh assured uh, Senator Susan Collins a woman's right to an abortion was settled law. But his comments during this week's landmark Supreme Court hearing over a Mississippi abortion case sounded a different note. Uh, Kavanaugh and Amy Coney, Coney Barrett are the two newest justices, and their comments have been widely viewed as part of the court's willingness to potentially upend the landmark Roe v. Wade abortion law. Uh, what they said then uh, versus now is raising fresh questions about the Senate's confirmation process, and it's creating hard politics for Collins and other senators. You know, and I, I, uh, I see what they're trying to do, but the reality is a Supreme Court justice is only going to judge a case based upon its constitutional merits. If it's a different kind of argument than they've received before, yeah. and it brings up new questions about the constitutionality of a particular law, they're doing their job. It's not about whether the process is flawed, about whether they should even be on the Supreme Court. Depending on how these arguments are made before the Supreme Court determines whether or not they vote and to overturn a law or create a new one. And that's the interpretation of the law. 
Yes. That's how it's supposed to be done. Exactly. You know, uh, going back a couple of weeks ago to this Kyle Rittenhouse, for example. Sure. Right? Listen, you can have your opinions all day long about whether or not this kid should have been there or what he was doing, but it's not that the courts got it wrong, that the jury got it wrong. The jury's job is to not bring your personal feelings into it, but to judge as according to what the law is. They're and ju- that's what they did. When right. you really look at that case and say they weren't judging him on whether he should have been there or not, or they should, you know, about his political beliefs and, and things like that. You can say the guy was back crap crazy all day long if you want. It's that moment where the self-defense thing came in. That's the rule of the law. Well, what what yeah. what, the, the, what it really gets down to is the the defense only has to prove reasonable doubt, right? And the and the jury can only determine yeah. whether or not someone is guilty or innocent based upon whether or not there's enough reasonable doubt, right? In the in, in the yeah. argument, and 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 for the jury. There was enough reasonable doubt as far as what his intentions may have been and whether he was defending himself or being aggressive. That is what they made their decision on, like a lot of cases are. Yeah. And, you know, and unfortunately, when that happens and you have a situation like this where, you know, you, you, we're convicting someone before they've had the advantage of going to a trial and making their case right. and trying to establish the reasonable doubt with their defense team. You know, then you have a lot of people that will never be satisfied with the outcome because justice isn't always universally agreed on, unless you're on the jury judging reasonable doubt. Yeah. Okay. Right. But then when you get back into these, like, you know, these, uh, you know, civil cases or, you know, with the Roe v. Wade or any any number of these Supreme Court decisions, I mean, even the Circuit Court uh, decision. During that whole election recount and you know all that stuff about yeah. the you know the who the president was. If you, I'm trying to say this, you you can be mad all day long, but the idea is that those people in those court positions made a decision based on what the law is. They didn't make it based on their political affiliation because you had, you had people who, you had judges who were appoint, who were Republican appointees that were against you know, the certification of these, or not, you know what I'm talking about, the recount of the ballots and all that stuff. And because that's not what the law interpreted it to be. Right. But keep in mind that the Supreme Court of the United States has a very different job than a lower circuit court judge who is judging, you know, a a law based upon its legality. These guys are judging the, the, the law based upon its constitutionality. And there is a difference. And if, if a, if a case is argued in a different way, or in you know, with with different uh, influences in it that question whether it's constitutional or not. You know, when a, when a Supreme Court nominee says, you know, Roe v. Wade is established law, okay, yes, it is. There's no question about that. But what is questionable is if someone comes up with another argument, another case that, you know, adds another layer yeah. of, of, uh, of, uh, of, of change to that law, well, then that's what they're doing. That's their job to figure out whether a new law is constitutional. 
You know, I was hoping to end, uh, end this newscast with a dick joke, and then yeah. we had to get into all this serious stuff. Yeah, I don't know what happened. It's Friday. It's payday. What, what are we getting all serious for? I don't know. We should uh, we should be working for NPR right now. Oh, please. Uh, it's 37 in downtown Springfield, and that's the news on Rock 102. Oh, yeah. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 854. And Aerosmith on Rock 102. Going to be uh, mostly sunny today and windy with a high of 38 uh, tomorrow, high of 44. It is 38 right now in downtown Springfield. Rock 102's Pro Picks Pool continues at rock102.com. It's your call. Football weekly winners get a $50 gift certificate to Geo's Pizzeria and Hamden Pizza the way you like it. The overall season winner gets a $500 cash card courtesy of Nor'easter Organic Life Hydroponics. So check the stats. Go with your gut. And play Rock 102's Pro Picks Pool today at rock102.com from Nor'easter Organic Life Hydroponics and Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. Now, I was just told by a lawyer uh, that uh, him and his uh, lawyer friend, right? All right. Uh, said that uh, your explanation of how the Supreme Court works and the different roles of the lower courts was inaccurate. Good. What do you mean, good? You can't just say things and not know what you're talking about. Steve, I've been doing that for 26 years. No, that's not right. You shouldn't be doing that. If you don't know how it works, then you shouldn't... It's Listen, it's okay to say, I don't know. Yeah, well, uh, who are these lawyer friends of yours? Well, I'm sure they're uh, people you can talk to. I don't know who you're talking yeah, about or I bet what you they are. Really? Yeah. Really? Uh, if uh, if you fall down, they probably wouldn't pick you up. No, well, I, you know what? It's okay. I, I think it would take both of them to do it anyway. And uh, I'm sure they mean business, but they don't talk that way. I see. Well, listen, if that's, uh, if you we need to be uh, right, if that's so important to you, then go right ahead. Do what you, you got to do. You know, if you heard the names of these two people uh, yes. said in a sentence, mm. no one would choke on a sandwich. <laughs> Even though I've eaten a meal with yeah. these guys, uh, no one choked, which is uh, which is good. Uh, you're talking about the law offices of Fuddy and Chuddy. Uh, <laughs> what? What? Is that settle? <laughs> what do they know about courts? Anyway, uh, okay. So if I got it wrong, then I got it wrong. I'm and, okay with that. And by the way, uh, people are uh, grateful though that you were right about the bus boner. I'm telling you, it's a it's a it's a it's a physiological phenomenon. The uh, the bus boner is uh, uh, an erection that one gets while riding the bus, usually caused by the combination of fatigue, warmth, and the vibrations uh, of the vehicle. Uh, see, that's exactly what I'm telling you. Similar occurrences have also been reported in minivans and tour boats. <laughs> I have never had that problem in a minivan. In fact, if anything. That's that eliminates the chances of one developing. Uh, remember that time we were on the Lady B up in <laughs> South Hadley for the for the Rock 102 I summer do. work party? Yes, uh, that was only for us uh, employees. Yes, I uh, I believe I had a full buoy going on down below. <laughs> you were way an anchor. Huh? Yeah, yeah. Oh, you got it. Uh, <laughs> Don't even ask me how I swabbed the poop deck. (laughs) (laughs) It's 8.57 at Rock 102. 8 a.m. every Thursday, the Leah Auto Group is proud to present Scott Zolak from the Patriots broadcast booth as he breaks it down with Bax and O'Brien. People still criticize the Max saying it wasn't his best game, which I agree with that. 
but it, that's good because it's gotten to the point where you expect them to be great every day. Yeah. And that means like, hey, now you're a veteran. You're not a rookie anymore. <laughs> Don't forget, the kid's 23 and he's still handling a ton. And that's the critical thing moving forward, that you're able to win games where he doesn't have to carry you. But there's going to be a game or two where the kid's going to have to carry you, where you might get down by 10, might get down by 14. And that's what made Brady so great, his ability to elevate everybody else in those moments. We, we, have, we don't know what that is yet with Mac. Scott Zolak, 8 a.m. every Thursday with Bax and O'Brien, presented by the Leah Auto Group on Springfield's Classic Rock, Rock 102. The McDonald's breakfast is too good to speak deal. Sounds a lot like... Mmm... 